Welcome to Your Aunties Could Never, episode 66. Um, I'm Auntie AK, and I'm here with... <laughs> what is happening? Are you I'm Auntie AK, and I'm here with... <laughs> what is happening? I'm not even... Do you know what? Whatever in it. You don't keep doing this to me, locking me out of the room. It's fine. But you were there. We can see you. We can call you. Oh, I didn't know that. Sorry, wasn't aware. It looked like you. Like, why are you not talking? We can literally see you. I can't see you. I I can just see the waiting room. I'm just in the waiting room. Oh, Oh, so random. No, what happened there? Nana's done something. I haven't. You're clearly on screen. Yeah, you're on screen. In the waiting room. (laughs) <laughs> it's always me and it's not i like it before i thought maybe because i joined last but i didn't even join last today so it's time to do with me yeah it's your right. computer it's no it's you can we get a new computer can no, we have that yeah no one's on order anyway i'm auntie ak and i'm here with auntie farah auntie nana and auntie Shade. how are you my ladies what's crack lecking good Good, 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 good. Hot, yeah, I'm not going to complain, but I am hot. <laughs> it's even cooler. It's it. No, it's, it is hot. But it's not too hot. It's just hot, which is no, lovely. It's been too hot. I, I would say it's too hot. It's, it's a no, few degrees like, too hot. This is yeah. Agents of Antarctica. Here we yeah, go. you are. I agree with yeah, you. Yeah. Agents of Antarctica. I think you need a good amount of breeze, and we don't yeah. have as much as we need. Okay. Breeze. It's too hot. You just need no. You breeze. just need breeze. That's yeah. two conversations here. Yes, that that makes it too hot. Yeah. No, no, no. It's not yeah. too hot. There needs. There's to be just not enough breeze. Because this country has ears. <laughs> yeah. Tomorrow you'll be cussing because it would be like all the seasons in one. But the rain is coming. The rain's gonna come. Yeah, the rain yeah. can come and and then, dump, and then it's gonna. But we can stay warm. I'm the sick. rain and the flying ants are going to come. No, that's not, yeah, that's not yeah, flying ants are on their way. They're on their way, man, they are. It's too hot for them not to come. They need to allow it. But they, yeah, it's always end of summer, like just that bit where it's just like one day, two days of flying ants and they disappear. Thank God they're not long lasting. That's the only thing. Yeah. I remember hitting them with tennis rackets when I was little. Oh, that is very evil. <laughs> yeah, that's a bit unnecessary. They were flying at me. I mean, I get it. I would. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's so big. What's the difference between that and one of them things, them zappers? It wasn't a zapper. What's, What's a zapper? Do you not know about the zappers? No. no. Shut up. You don't know. Wait. What so, zapper? What you go zing zing zing? No, zing. like they're, they're bats, right? They're like rackets, <laughs> but they're zappers. So they're like electric, and you zap oh, away the bugs, oh, like for the mosquitoes and the bugs and all this. Something in, in 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 that black people in black people countries. I've never yeah. seen. <laughs> That sounds like a black people country too. It is a black, I use it in like there's yeah. them in Grenada. You yeah. know what I mean? Like zappers, the bat things, man, and they're like zzz, 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 for the mosquitoes. Zzz. I actually wouldn't mind that for mosquitoes. Let them because they take the piss. Yeah, 
Okay, Auntie Farah, go on with it. All right, so the game is today. It's would you rather, but it's about food. Because last week we were really getting on about what you do and what you can eat and what you can't eat and what goes with what and blah, blah, blah. So I thought that this week we would do a would you rather food scenario. Okay, so would you rather give up cheese or chocolate forever? Oh, cheese, easily. Uh, they're both like my favorite things. Um, I, I, oh. okay, cheese. I think it would be. Oh, I think it would be cheese. I think, but no, because cheese is in so many things, and a chocolate cake is fantastic. I don't know. What would you do, Auntie Farah? I would give up chocolate. Do you know how many different types of amazing cheese there are? Like to never be able to eat a cheese board ever again. To never be able to have like cheese on my pasta. To never be able to have toasted cheese sandwiches. Like pizza. I don't even like pizza. But to not be able to eat anything anything with cheese. So to be fair, because of the dairy and the problems of cheese, I could possibly allow it because I don't eat that much chocolate. So on a health tip, I'd give up cheese. But no, this is a hard one, though. I'm, I'm giving up chocolate all day long. And I don't mind chocolate. Chocolate's all right. It's not like I'm addicted to it. I used to be, but I'm cool now. But cheese, nah, man. They yeah. said to me when I was about eight to give up cheese because it gives me migraines. At that age, I was like, okay, then. Yeah, maybe cheese because of the health implications, but it's only because of health implications. Next one. Think about all the good cheeses that are out there. Jesus. Jesus. Love a mature <laughs> cheddar. Go on. Um, okay. Would you rather eat ketchup with every meal or mayonnaise? You have to have one and you have to smother it all over your plate. Definitely mayo. I hate ketchup so much. Definitely mayo. That's, these are too easy. I don't eat mayo, so ketchup is fine. It'd have to be ketchup because mayo is sometimes is so raw egg, as I've said last week. Gone. Okay. I'd give up mayonnaise because I don't eat mayonnaise, so that's a no-brainer for me. I'd have ketchup on everything. Everything, all day. I wouldn't have ketchup on everything, though. That's a upsetting, though. No, but you have, to, have, you have to have something. I'm saying I'd be vexed, but it's, it's one of the other. I could tolerate it, but it'd be... Ve- Actually, no. It's one of the other. All the time on everything. Yeah, there's more things that catch up compliments, I suppose, but that would be very upsetting to have to put it on everything. On Imagine, your... like, you've got like. Ketchup and salad. <laughs> dessert. You've got to put ketchup on your dessert. <laughs> that would be disgusting. Okay, last one. If I can find it. Sorry, where's it gone? Would you rather have to eat? jam every day for the rest of your life or never be able to eat bread again <laughs> i just on the back of egg 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 bread gate um <laughs> yeah, eat like, jam. yeah yeah like i can have a spoonful of jam every day yeah yeah i don't mind that that's fine and not have bread ever ever again i mean bread is so harmful <laughs> like um, bread yeah, like, you know when you're when you're waiting for your food to come out and the bread comes out hot, fluffy, and succulent again. 
That's how it gets you. Yeah. That's how it gets you. Yeah, jam every day. Jam every day. Jam every day. For health implications. You're in this health implications. That is exactly what you're saying because bread is dangerous. And you know, I really just literally last week went into a whole thing about how I ate a loaf of bread. Okay. So for health implications and my lack of control when it comes to fresh, fluffy bread, I'd have to give up bread. But yeah, okay. All right. I'm not giving up bread because bread is my vice, but I know how to control it. So I'd have I'd have jam every day. Like when I eat bread, it's like orgasmic for me. <laughs> but I can't eat too much of it because then I look pregnant as a result of the orgasm. So therefore <laughs> <laughs> I'd eat a bit of jam every day because I still gotta be able to have See, some bread. For health implications, you're giving up bread. No, I didn't. I said I'm giving I, I said I'd eat jam every day so I can have bread occasionally. Yeah, whenever you want to have yeah. bread, you ain't gotta eat bread uh, every day. I get yeah. you, I get you. Oh. It's never be able to eat bread again or eat yeah. jam every or day. jam every day. I'll have jam every day. Me it too. could be royal jelly jam. It could be like healthy jam. Oh, there's all sorts of great jams. Yeah. I could have jam with my cheese. And I've given up cheese, haven't I? Oh shit. <laughs> you have to have it with chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> all right, who are we welcoming to the family? Okay, so today we are giving a big salute to Munya Chihuahua. Um, we all love Munya. If you don't know who he is, he is a, a comedian on Instagram and his page is fantastic. Whenever there's any like breaking news, he does a video skit with various different peoples and by himself. And he is just one of the highlights of my year. And his latest one about Boris and the lockdown is just so funny. So big salute to Munya Chihuahua. Yes, welcome. Was he a, a, a nephew or a cousin or a brother? Where is he? I would say he's a nephew. I think he's like 25. He looks about that old to me. I thought he was older than that. Really? Yeah, I did. I could be wrong. I don't know. Let's Google. Yeah, I put him in his 20s, you know, but he may be older. He just, he has that kind of internet youngness about him. 28, apparently. 28, okay. That's that's nephew status, isn't it, still? Yeah, I think so. All right. Welcome, welcome, welcome. And let's say hello to the people in the comments. Is it me? Who's doing comments? turn this week. Okay. Hello, everybody. Hello, Miss Latang. Hello, Nicola. Um, we have Miss Latang says, I agree. Chocolate can go easily. Um, my belly frequently asks me to give up bread over again. <laughs> so, yes. And um, yes. Hello, Nicola. And he is 28. Verified by Nicola. Thank you, Nicola. He's 28, 28. Um, okay, so now it's time for what have you heard? What have you heard, aunties, in the news this week? Um, Auntie Nana, I think you're up first. I am. Okay, all right. So this I, I don't know if this is gonna be too much of a long one, ladies, but I was going through the the internet and then came across an article about the Vatican finally adding a law to their, their their laws because they are a law unto themselves that actually they can criminalize priests for abusing adults and children and this is the first time this this has come into being in 2000 years now of the of the religion like they have never had a law against sexual abuse of adults and children before what i wanted to know from you guys is do you think that this is going to help the catholic church um and their kind of pr campaign 
and just generally what your thoughts are on this historic case of um, Catholic priests troubling children and adults and it never being prosecuted properly. Auntie Farah. I think it's brilliant and more power to him. Long may it rain. You know, it, it's it's been known that this has been an issue with Catholic priests for ages. And, you know, it either used to get denied or swept mm. underneath the carpet and they would go unpunished. So I think that it's brilliant that this is happening and that the Vatican are recognising it. it. It's, you know, it's the top of the tree saying, if you fuck with these people, we're going to come for you. So it, all the priests that are out there th that are of that persuasion, they know that there's a reckoning to come and not just from the Lord when you pass over, but from the here and the now, from the power that you have to answer to. So, yeah, I think it's a good thing. Definitely. I, but do you know what? I, I, what's crazy is that oh, I just feel like some of the rules within the Catholic religion need adjusting anyway. And this is mm. just one of them. So. Auntie Shade. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's great that they're finally, I mean, it's taken a frigging while, hasn't it? Do you know what I mean? Like, um, but so it's great that they're finally doing this, um, long time coming really, but I just wonder like how they're going to enforce it. Um, you know, I think like, even though we have even laws in general society, do you know what I mean? doesn't mean they're going to be enforced. What is the punishment as well kind of thing? It's all well and good to have the law, but what is the actual punishment that comes with it? as well um yeah what 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 will be the outcome and and also are they going to look retrospectively do you know what i mean are they going to look at cases that have um been brought to them and prosecute those people as well um yeah i don't know i think this is uh maybe kind of like a bit of a desperate attempt to do some like positive pr or something do you know what i mean um yeah, I'm just not really convinced that it's going to make that much of a difference, to be honest. Um, yeah, I mean, I saw this and I thought, oh, OK, that's good. But how can you say that's good about something that should never even have been um, outside the law anyway? Like, what the hell? I, I, I can't celebrate it because we've long, how long have we been talking about the priests and their, and not all priests, but a lot of priests and their ability to get away with such disgusting behavior and it's been sanctioned by the vatican and when i say sanctioned allegedly blah 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 i don't mean sanctioned like that but it's been not in written into their law and as they live outside the laws of the land they have their own setup why has it been outside the law so i can only say from my from my opinion that it's been sanctioned um and they've been protected and that's long been the conversation um so this is nothing to be celebrating celebrating it should have been done long time ago and um carry on and it is about that are they going to look retrospectively to all the other cases and who's going to get who's going to really get brought to justice and brought into the courts and all that type of stuff um uh i don't know there's so many things about it like it's it's i think they said that you it's not just it's just now including that all forms of grooming and abuse where they had i think they had certain guidelines on what levels of abuse were um deemed as criminal but now they've expanded to all kinds which is like why was there even sections because i think they kind of said that if you you can't groom or abuse an adult and that's why it's been expanded to cover grooming adults and abusing adults and it's like how can you rule people out anyone who's vulnerable and especially they entrust themselves into the presence of someone like the priest and there's people who are so faithful that see their pastors their priests their leaders religious leaders as 
almost godlike, do you know what I mean? And they entrust their vulnerability to them and trust them and they can easily be groomed. So the fact that they try to say, oh, you're an adult, and that, I don't even know what that means because it, it says, reading an article, it says it doesn't, expl- it doesn't explicitly say what type of adult. So it could just be maybe adults who are protected, you know, maybe it could be adults with um, reduced ability and stuff like that. It doesn't say maybe an adult like you and I who don't have any visible disabilities or registered disabilities or impairments we might not be protected i don't know what the little fine print is they used to sort that out i mean you know i'm skeptical of the whole thing to be honest auntie nana yes very similar um i am quite skeptical about it but i uh i don't know this new pope i think his kind of mission for the church to be more transparent and open up and kind of kind of go back into the files for what they've covered up in the past I think that's a a welcome step but it still seems like the Catholic church the priesthood seemed to be a place where paedophilia thrived and more than anything I just went down the rabbit hole of thinking so where will they run to and how are they just going to hide it better more than anything because if you have flipping centuries worth of this being covered up surely you're just you're just going to find easier ways to cover it up then I stumbled upon and this is like slightly left field but um I watched a documentary on how the Catholic Church didn't say anything about the Holocaust and Jewish people were writing to them from the 40s from 1940 and this was just recently uncovered in this whole spate of Pope Francis saying you know you can see our archives now that we're opening up so everybody knows what the Catholic Church has been involved in and they did not say anything in against the Holocaust like they literally in Poland um, in Yugoslavia that they most of those countries are Catholic and the, the Pope at the time said nothing. And I was just like, there's so much that the Catholic Church has done that really I feel like we actually need to have more of a reckoning for how much power they have held over humans and as a religious organisation, what has been allowed to go on under their watch as well. So, yeah, I just wanted to get you guys' thoughts on that. Yeah, I'm. I'm the same. I'm. I'm so skeptical, and it's just the amount of things that have been waged under under the name of religion. Anyway, religious institutions and the Catholic institution isn't exempt from that. And it's just. I'm. Um, and I, I don't want to disparage anyone's religion or belief. It's not my place to do so. But it just seems very cultish, and the whole process is weird. The fact that they're a law unto themselves. The fact that there's it just reeks of the biggest mystery film ever. Like, you know what I mean? You, you've got, it's got all the tools of the biggest conspiracy and cult and all that type of stuff. It's really hard. Go on, Auntie Farah. It's the Vatican that are a law unto themselves. The Vatican, yeah. sorry. Yeah, 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 yeah sorry. Because the Vatican are a separate state, like Monaco or somewhere like that. So it's not the whole... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Netflix. Yeah. So, so yeah. So, but again, it's just, it's just creepy, man. It's, 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 a, it's a very strange institution that needs a lot of... Um, dismantling I would assume I would say but it's a power unto itself so how how you know what I mean let's get the comments and it's, you made oh. a point about religions though like all you know a lot of religions it comes down to power a lot of the times doesn't it rather than the actual belief in 
the higher being. So, and I'm a Catholic, so I can say that it's got some issues. <laughs> um, that thing, so them denying, not so they have, what do you say, are you saying that the um, Vatican's denied the Holocaust or they just haven't acknowledged? No, it? they just, at the time, they um, basically lots of different various Jewish figures were writing to them and were stating this is happening to Jewish people. Can you issue a statement in support of us that this should be stopped? Like it's um, it's criminal to be committing this genocide on our people because of our faith, because of our race. And the Pope at the time decided to not say anything. He did one address, um, I think that was 1941, and his address was to all humans that we should not be killing all humans like there was nothing specific to what was going what germany was doing to jewish people the they thing is, didn't I suppose, take a stand i suppose you could say that they haven't really taken a, a stand with any form of genocide have they because there's been lots of acts of, of genocide um, and have they come out and said anything about anything? yeah they have they have a few times what i mean like, like since yeah world yeah II. well yeah, yeah, since yeah world I, I, II, i'm sorry yeah. i'm talking that wasn't clear i meant like before that, did they come out and say anything? I, I don't, don't know. I guess that would be something to research. Because Maybe I, I, after I World War II and the atrocities that happened to the Jewish people, mm. they felt like this is the point where they actually have to make a stand if they see these things happening. But, you know. Could be, could be. Um, yes, interesting. Yeah, no, but it is an interesting one. I mean, there's various things that have happened in, in Africa that they've definitely kind of said something on, um, various wars. I don't know about the two... I don't know if you guys have even heard about this. I it, I just came across it that there there may be a war in um the southern parts of Cameroon that's on the verge of happening, and then there's another famine that seems to be taking place in Ethiopia. And I was like, I had not heard about these things at all that this was happening, but that was through going through this kind of run on the Catholic Church and going through their Twitter and stuff. I saw that there were various priests talking about these things happening in Africa and asking people to pray for it. Mate, let's get the comments. Okay. Um, we have... Nicholas says, I am a Catholic and the institution is going to hell. Change needs to happen, but no PR can save them. They, we need to sort the ish out and do better. In fact, compared to other religions, there is a lot to change. And remember, this is an institution led by men. And Rowena says the city of London is also independent of London. What does that mean? That is, it's got its own law unto itself. The city of London? No. Yeah. Oh. What does that mean? So They what? have their own constitution. <laughs> Who's the they? Like, who? Who knows? This is the thing. We've spoken about it before. I told you, like, the City of London is run by a trust. A trust, you don't need to know who runs the trust. Like, by law, you don't need to know who runs it. So we don't actually know, other than the trust of the City of London has lots of banks and siphons money, but they are a law unto themselves. They have their own police force. They have their own laws. Wait, so hold on. Can you just give me the bound the areas, please? Because I live in London and I want to know what, what rights I have. Hold on. What part? The city, city, the bit with the, city. the devils yeah. and the gargoyles, that part of the city. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Middle Hill, Tower Hill, and just the amount of gargoyles are protecting all this stuff. They're little yeah. 
yeah. representatives. It's actually the original London, basically. That's what it's based on, the original London. This place, man. You know what those <laughs> gargoyles are like? You know, like in um, Ghostbusters at the end when they you break, you, when you crack, crack them, there's people inside. <laughs> <laughs> but doesn't it feel like that? Um, yeah. What hotel was we at? I was at one hotel, um, the Montcalm, Justin Farrenden, um, by Finsbury, no, Finsbury Square. We were on the roof, and to the side of us was this gargoyle type thing on a on an obelisk, looking over with a weld in its hand. Mate. I was like, what the hell is this? <laughs> so I've just read, yeah, I'm just searching on Google, and it says the city of London is the only part of Britain over which Parliament has no authority. Yeah. What? what? Yeah. So anything can go on in the city of London. Yes. That's <laughs> mad. I told you. Listen, that's creepy. That, that is, is creepy. Listen, this is why we can't rave in the city of London and get drunk. Right. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. It goes on to say... Even though, so there was a question, can the Queen go to the City of London? Even though she is sovereign of the United Kingdom, Her Majesty the Queen is not allowed to enter the City of London without permission of its Lord Mayor. Shut up. Shut the fuck up. What? Now there's some devil things going on there. From they can't allow the own, their, their Queen, who's on their paper, and all of it. They can't, she's got our permission. Wait, the money, the money can't enter the money streets. Do you know what I mean? She can't go. But my yeah. face is on it. She can't go. Wait, hold on. No, 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 but wait. Really, the Lord Mayor is probably, well, to me, he's higher then. Because if the Queen has to ask him for permission to come into the City of London and he can go wherever he wants, then he's higher. He, he's the King. Wait, wait. Who's the Lord? No, and I'm going to ask. Just, Lord Mayor is someone called, of course, I'm looking up. Um, William Russell. I'm looking right. up. So all this nonsense, like I'm going to run for mayor. You, you don't mean shit. City. No, that's the mayor of London. Not that's the, the mayor of London. Yeah. You're not the mayor of the city of London. Like, yeah. Westminster, because I live in city of Westminster. So I, I think that's different. So it looks like it no, goes. That, that doesn't come under the city of ah, London. Oh yeah, because Tower of London isn't under there either. So what's the perimeter? Al Aldgate, Liverpool Street, Monument, Fenchurch Street, Moorgate, Barbican, uh, where else? Blackfires. Dead areas. And Chancery Lane. Yeah. Uh, lawyers and banks. You see the money because they hide in the money. Remember all those trillions that went missing? It's them that's got it. And no one can't do nothing because they've got their own police force. Yeah. And they just pillage it off to the islands um, that are still under British sovereignty. So, Cayman uh, Islands, that's what it is. Yeah, start. Cayman Islands, the, um, the British Virgin Islands. Wow. That's something new every day. Hell, isn't it? <laughs> Corrupt as hell. But wait, no, I, and even to explore this live is a problem. <laughs> 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 but it's Google, we're just Googling, bruv, so... Whether you can watch and talk to us. We're so just mad. I did, but this was early days, though. So I probably had way more of my conspiracy theory hat on at those times. But we did have a discussion about it. I know we've talked yeah, about this yeah. before, but I didn't know we didn't get this literal fact. Yeah, I didn't know that they were a law unto themselves and that the no. Queen needs permission to enter. That's I didn't cool. know that. I didn't so know hang that. On. So I when knew they were a law. Diana, 
when Princess Diana and Charles got married at St. Paul's Cathedral, they would have had to get permission for the Queen to enter as well, like for everyone to go there. But then... Because St. Paul's Cathedral's in there. Yeah. I don't like St. Paul's Cathedral either. I don't like the way it looks. Oh, yeah, St. Paul's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right, yeah. Where was Diana's funeral? Was that at St. Paul's? Wouldn't it be Westminster Abbey? Or, I don't know. I, would, mm. I, I think it would be. St. Paul's Cathedral, it's really creepy. It's a creepy place as well. You see Andrea's comment. <laughs> I'm googling all the information. Come on, let's um, let's um, get the comments. All right, should I get some of the comments? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was at Westminster Abbey, by the way. Okay, all right. Um, <laughs> okay, I'm scrolling up to get them all. Okay, all right. So, um, yes, Marina says it's deep banks, police, etc., and. Nicholas says, no, the Lord Mayor is not is not higher than the Queen, but they share power of London when she is here. And Red Border says, apparently Epping Forest is also part of the corporation. Uh, Nicholas says, at Paul's Cathedral is one of their central points for doing business. <laughs> and Andrea says, I was going to say, Unu, be careful, you're live. <laughs> Mate, if the screen goes dark, you know what's happened. <laughs> if I start I'm not seeing, a part of this. If I start seeing the black silent helicopters outside my flats, then you know. Because when you go into the city and you go past a gar- gargoyle, like, just, like, do some signs. Like, do some signs. <laughs> what, do that, like... Just do some, like, go into Doctor Strange mode, do some signs. You never know, that'll protect you. Bruv, I just called the ancestors. Anyway, anyway, moving on quickly. We were just joking, guys. Guys, just joking. Um, Auntie Sade, what have you heard? So my story is about Bill, sorry, <laughs> Mayor, um, who basically just went in on Kevin Hart for some strange reason on his... Um, show the real time has a segment called new rules and um basically he just yeah he just tried to i guess like in a sense like tried to tear kevin hart uh, uh, a new one um so let me just go back a bit so kevin hart is recently quoted in the new york times for saying um you're witnessing white power and privilege at an all-time high and Bill basically wasn't having any of it. He called this statement ridiculous. He says um, that the problem with wokeness is that it's blinded, blinded by progressophobia, which is basically the inability um, to see progress, any progress that's been made. Um, Bill was basically in this monologue, um, was speaking to Gen Z and millennials and basically stating that... Um, Things have predominantly got better over the years. So thinking about women's rights, gay rights, um, you know, atrocities like Tulsa, the KKK and segregation. We don't have these things anymore. These types of things don't happen anymore, he was basically saying. And so we should be proud almost that we've come so far. Um, Now, he did say there still is work to do, um, but he believes that there's like, you know, significant changes happened um, and that should be recognised. 
So Kevin's responded to this via Twitter and he says, um, quote, the internet put a magnifying glass on how dominant racism is um, in our country. Um, to ignore that, Bill Mayer, is ridiculous. To, um, to take my quote literally is also ridiculous. You're witnessing the same craziness as I am. Um, and then Keva, Kevin, sorry, uh, later clarified, um, saying that his original point was about the storming of the Capitol um, and basically said, if the people were black, then they would have been killed on site. So my question to you guys, do you think that progressophobia is a thing? Um, or do you agree with Kevin um, in him saying that white supremacy is at an all-time high? Auntie Nana. Okay, um, I will come back again as I formulate more towards your question. Um, I think I almost kind of understand what Bill was alluding to, but it was so highly steeped in um, his own pathology of just feeling guilty and so you want to go into defensive mode with it instead of actually like really taking account for what Kevin Hart was saying. I, I feel like this conversation isn't even for black people. Like really white people need to get together and work out where their, their privileges and what they've created is harming everybody else and work that way than kind of having rebuttals on when a black person says anything about the state of play. Because it's like you're kind of, you wouldn't do that to other victims of other crimes. You don't come along and say, oh no, that crime wasn't that bad. And you know, we've come so far. Oh, so you was only raped a little bit. You wasn't gang raped. Like you wouldn't do that. And to me, it's the same type of thing. When a black person says anything, there's always a white person who's feeling quite hurt about what has been said because it's true and they go into defensive mode and want to then talk about all of the ways in which things are better so now we, you're not you're not picking cotton for us but you still are not getting the same loans that we're getting you're still not able to buy houses in the same places it's like that's all removed you want to go away from that and just talk about the fact that okay so you guys are no longer in in chains anymore but I do I do get that it must be hard for them. I sympathise slightly with the plight of um, the paler skin that they have and maybe feeling like everything is always heaped on them. But then I think it's within, it's within your power, it's for your um, benefit to do something about it holistically and all the time instead of wasting your platform chatting about how things have got better. And this whole chastising people for being woke is really annoying. Uh, th that was the most annoying thing like why actually having a conscious thought or being able to have an opinion on something is now deemed as bad to be woke is is utterly ridiculous but yeah those are my thoughts Auntie Farah yeah it just seems like people have taken that word and run with it and just they're just use it trying to use it against what it really means and um, he's just an example of that um I totally agree with you Auntie Nana I felt like it was all very defensive of him. For him to take Kevin Hart's words so literally 
obviously he didn't mean it's as bad as when there was slave, you know, slavery was worse, obviously, but he just took the words so, so, so literally. And it, that's not what he meant um, for him to then start flinging out examples like, oh, you know, it's not like it was uh, when it's not like the atrocities of Tulsa, KKK violence um, and mass and massive forced segregation. No, it isn't. But this is all part of a, a bigger plan. There isn't segregation anymore because they realised that they gave us the opportunity to mix because they realised that when we weren't mixing, we were doing our own thing and building places like Tulsa and, and doing bloody OK by ourselves. So they allowed us to mix. Yes, we didn't want to be segregated, but we wanted to be able to do certain things. When they stopped that, certain things happened because they mashed down all the places where we were thriving. OK, in terms of massacres and atrocities, there's atrocities every day. People are being shot and killed and choked and and um, sat on and knelt on in the streets every single day. Just because it doesn't happen in one particular place in, in you know, in uh, in on mass doesn't mean that it's not happening. It's happening every day. It's just happening by the people that are there to protect us, allegedly. So things are still happening. Kevin Hart was basically saying what I took from it is that he was saying that you can see if, especially if he was relating it to the the um, the the riots that were happening at the in, in the capital, you can see it's clear to you that if there was a there was a difference between if black people do something, if white people do something, white supremacy still reigns. And I don't think that there's anything wrong with what he said in terms of trying to make out like it's because we are we're there. What was the word? Anti-progression. What was the word that he used? Progressophobias. Is that right? Progressophobias. I mean, what the fuck is that word anyway? Like, calm down, number one. Number two, Number two. no one's against progression. What we're saying is, and what we have always said, is that we want to be equal. We shouldn't still be progressing at this stage. How come we're not at the stage where I'm the same as you? Why is it okay for you to sit down and talk about things that happen to you? But when I talk about things that happen to me, you're giving, you're saying, no, oh, you're, you're making excuses or you're not satisfied with what we've given you. Or yes, like Auntie Nana said, you're not picking cotton anymore and you're not, you can drink from the same water fountain as me, but you know, what's your problem that you're, you're, you're getting pulled over in the streets? What did you do? Like, calm down. Stop taking what Kevin Hart said so literally. We're not against progression. We're all about progression, which helps you progress. Yeah, man. Um, I, when I watched the whole thing, I was like, I was sitting there like, and I didn't like the idea of him making it a joke. And I know these night night hosts have their, you know, this, their monologues and they make jokes and it's witty and it's insightful. But this really irritated me. Um, I thought you're making a mockery. And even because he started off with the pride, with the, the advancement of pro- people in the LGBTQ community, making jokes, you know, we've got Pride Month and his, where's his account? And he even says, yes, Queen, you're reducing actual progression and evolution in these people in people oppressed people's um advancement over the years to just one line quips and trivializing it the people from the lgbtq community will probably have have still got a long way to come in regards to representation and actually being accepted there's still people who get um killed and attacked for, by for, by homophobes and all that type of stuff and then when we talk about our own black community you can't tell us that you can't compare today to the Ku Klux Klan just because the Ku Klux Klan aren't around in their white hood they're around in many other forms that we is don't pretend that everything is okay because people aren't just sitting here making shit up we're not just saying that this stuff isn't, um, you know, there's racism and stuff for no reason. And uh, yes, there are some people that might be victimised and might not see the the good for the trees and stuff like that. But that's also our right, because we've been through so much damn trauma. So if we're not healed, get off our back and let us heal when we need to heal. But how can we heal when society still hasn't changed? 
when you can walk down the street and feel very comfortable. And someone like um, Kevin Hart, who people will definitely complain because he's a millionaire, billionaire, whatever. And so you're talking from your privileged position. But let Kevin Hart not be recognised as being the wrong place at the wrong time. Isn't he going to just be treated like an N-word anyway? So it's the amount of millions and doesn't matter. He knows all this can be taken away from him if society decides that, no, we don't want you successful and thriving black man. So and he's, that's what he's talking about. White supremacy is rife because also because things are starting to be exposed even more and because people are coming together and feeling more strength in speaking out about the stuff that they're experiencing. This is only happening now with the advantage of the Internet and being more connected and people being able to have, find support and solidarity and people across many lands and many places or whatever the case. It's only now that people are more confident in what they're saying and being able to speak up. Because people weren't able to speak up. So we might not have the Ku Klux Klan, but we didn't have as much rights as we do today where we can speak up. And I hate that he positioned it um, on the young people being woke and all that type of shit. Don't talk to the young people like that. Don't don't um, patronise them because they also, they're not, yes, there is a little bit of element of maybe young generations are softer, but we created those these generations. It's our fault. Whatever the case is, we need to reflect. Look at what we've done. And white people definitely, as Auntie Nana says, you lot are getting... You're, you're getting, um, you're experiencing this backlash. You're not used to it. You're used to being at the top without any repercussion. Now people are talking up and not afraid to tell you about yourself. You can't cope. So yeah, deal with it. It's you to deal with. I don't think he has the right to talk about what racism is and the, he has no right to come at Bill, um, Bill, I, say Bill, I don't know why I was about to say Bill, um, Kevin Hart. Keep that shit to yourself. Talk to your people about it. Don't come and talk to any black. If black people say there's racism and white supremacy, you cannot tell us there's not. You have no right to tell us that there's not. Yeah, I I fully fully agree. I just don't. I I I even have issue with like, who are you to say what woke is anyway? Do you know what I mean? Like, I I have issue with that um, as well. I mean, like, I was watching it. I was just like a bit confused. Be I haven't watched him for years, right? Um, But for what I knew, I thought he was an ally, and (laughs) you know what I mean. And he sounded like a freaking enemy. That's all basically, it just sounded like a straight up enemy. And I was just really, really confused by it all. I thought that, you know, at the end of the day, it's it's kind of speaking to this narrative that we as liberals from his position, he's, he, he thinks that his audience are liberals, that we don't have to do, it's almost like we don't have to do that much more. We're doing so much that we should clap for ourselves. It's literally like, clap for yourself. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, you should be proud. And actually, these people that are still complaining, like Kevin, they need to shut up, basically, and just get on with their, you know, their their other job. That was, that. that's what I took as the underlying message of what he was saying. And I just thought, like, yeah, it's really easy to say, like, you know, there's been progression, but women still are not paid the same as men, you know, um, gay people still get discriminated against. Otherwise, we wouldn't really need, like, Pride Month really and truly. Do you know what I mean? It's just ridiculous. And I just thought it was, like, it is It is that, you know, I think which you guys are all hinting to is that kind of realisation, that fear and that realisation that actually now we've come to a part, we've come to a point in, in our time where, Everyone needs to do the work individually, right? You need to do that self-work. And basically, Bill's saying, no, I'm not going to do it. You guys don't need to do it. We should just be happy with what, what we've done so far, basically. And I, I, I think this speaks to the, the psychosis of white supremacy, basically. So even liberals, you're not exempt from doing the work. Like, you know, donating here, 
posting a, a, a black square or, you know, kind of like going on a rally is not enough. Like you have to do, it is a work in progress and you have to fight racism with every single generation. Every generation, the fight is going to be different. So one generation, it might be fighting the Ku Klux Klan. Next generation, it might be fighting, you know, the government. Do you know what I mean? Like you just, or the police force or whatever. As you said, Auntie Nana, they're just showing up in different uh, in different spaces. So no, I thought he was, I, I thought it was bang out of order, to be honest. And um, I hope that, you know, he gets some definite backlash for this. And I hope that liberals can, you know, people who do claim to be our allies can see that this is not the way. It really, really isn't. Um, yeah, those are my thoughts. I actually, I really, the audience annoyed me as well, cheering him on. I'm like, yeah, oh. it's so annoying. It's actually annoying that if you're so liberal and you're so, because even when him, he said that, you know, I would think that my audience aren't racist. How the fuck do you know? How can you, how can you guarantee that your whole audience is not racist? Do you know what race, like you're a grown ass sensible man and you're supposed to be an ally. That's why I can't stand the word ally. I hate it because I feel like people can use it as a get out of jail card or the, playing the race card. There is ally. I hate it. I really, really hate it because I think people use I, I, it I agree. In, a, in, a, in, a, in an escape way. And again, this is another conversation that I'm stepping carefully that he's talked about the LGBTQ community and talked about black people. But haven't we had recent incidents of Islamophobia? I mean, um, yes, Islamophobia, Jewish phobia. Why am I being Anti-Semitism. Anti sorry, anti-Semitism. <laughs> haven't we had recent cases of that? So how are we not, in, how are we in a world that's progressed and evolved when we still got, th and he is Jewish himself. So he, and he didn't mention that because if he did, he would have had backlash. Because if he said the world is fine, so no one should be talking about anti-Semitism, he would have got in trouble. So how can you sell all the other um, marginalized groups that they need to calm down and stop being so woke? But yeah, anti-Semitism, you avoid that, didn't you? You avoided that. And you know that there's been actual recent anti-Semitism cases as high up as in government. We've got it in the UK. We've got accusations in America. So you can't tell me just on that, your, your own group alone you can't say that the world's progressing everything's okay it's not it's absolutely not that's one of my biggest problems with liberals though like um in some ways i'm more i, I side eye people who are openly like no but i'm really liberal than somebody who's conservative because it's that same thing of like i, I would prefer um my racism up front and just like you're just out and out with it then you're covert because you're being liberal, but you're still maintaining a power structure. You actually don't want equity and equality. You don't want that. So you kind of come along like, look, we've done this for you. Just take it. Look, we've done this for you. Yeah, but, but do a black square. But when it actually comes to, okay, so what's the look of the boardroom? No, it's still white. And it's the same with feminists. It's like you're fighting for equality for yourselves. Once a, a white woman gets there, she isn't being like, oh, I, I also need there to be black people here as well. I also need that there's way more diversity. No, you're like, OK, we're OK. And then you start shitting on other people. And it's like, no, liberals to me, they're the snakes because we're not looking at them. And then we give them these these monikers of literally you're an ally. So it's like we're in this together until you get where you want to go. And then you dust and then you're ready to shit on us. and that's the thing I'm not surprised that Bill is doing this because in solidarity for a minute, we can all be oppressed together until you're like, hang on, don't get above your station. Remember who's winning this oppression 
Olympics and you guys need to be satisfied with what you have and just put up with it. And it's, it's not okay. We should all be very weary of when people actually even adopt the thing of an ally until they sacrifice themselves in the name of somebody else. It really has to be that you're going to go on a limb. You're actually going to put yourself out there for black people or any other marginalized group. You're really going to go out on a limb for them. But yeah, not everybody and, is an ally. And it was so like you've had your little things. You've got your, he went in a little bit, well, you went in equally. You've got your advance. You've got your Black History Month. You've got your LGBTQ Month. What more do you want? How can you yeah. say that as someone who's supposed to understand the cause? I bet he'd say, if he was old enough, he'd say, I marched on Washington. I marched with Martin and- Luther King. And I, and I do think that this argument of like, um, do you know what I mean? That we've come so far as has been the argument at different points in history. Do you know what I mean? Like, why do you need this? Because we've got this. Do you know what I mean? Like, okay, you, you know, now you that can- That word. Yeah. That exactly. word, but, because that's, that's what they always do. Yeah. Like, you know, we've given you this, why do you need anything else? And, but, we've done this, but, but, but. There's always a but. Even yeah. when they apologise, there's a but. So that means that your apology isn't shit. If you keep saying but at the end of your apology, it's not anything. But shut up. (laughs) (laughs) Let's get the comments. Okay. We have T. Smith says white supremacy has become the new normal in the US and the UK white people have given passes to capitalize on their ignorance uh, sorry I'm on a little screen oh, I can't scroll so can one of you pick up the rest of the comments um, yeah so then Nicole, oh, so T is Clapping for Auntie Farron, Auntie AK at their point. And Nicola says, what Auntie AK said, is he not Jewish? And no one says anything about Jews. That's the impact of racism. Right. That's the thing. It's, it's, there's so much. There's so much. And that liberals will have to wake up to themselves. And that's it. Yeah. Um, Auntie AK, what have you heard? Well, guess what I heard? Well, guess what I've seen? I've seen the world's first swimming pool bridge and it's described as a dazzling feat of acrylic engineering that spans a 14 minute gap between two tower blocks in Embassy Gardens, somewhere in somewhere in the southwest London, Nine Elms. So now this is the latest addition to luxury residential uh, apartments in South London, southwest London. However, and it's, um, it's been created by Ballymore, which is a developer that, um, you know, they, they have loads of properties and stuff like that. However, somebody called Iqbal was talking to the news, talking, was talking to the Guardian, and he says he also lives in um, Embassy Gardens. However, whilst his neighbours will be enjoying the thrill of going for this sky-high dip, he can only look up and look at it because he will never be able to use it because even though he's living in the shared ownership building, he's not allowed to use it. He can't use a nice lobby. He can't use the other facilities because he has to go through the poor door. And we might have talked about this before. Um, so basically, Iqbal's um, two-bedroom flat is valued at 800000 of which he owns a quarter and pays rent on the rest. He must walk past the Grand Hotel-style entrance to the complex um, through a small door located between ventilation grills and a bin facing onto a railway line. And so basically, they, like I said, they're called poor doors. F, and Ballymore, by the way, um, is East London Development 
basically they recently had um, one of their buildings caught on fire because they had the Grenfell style cladding on it. And they were supposed to have committed millions to re getting rid of the cladding, but apparently they still haven't. So they were protested. It was early a few months ago. So um, this is the type of people that um, Ballymore are. So my question is, if you lived in luxury apartments and with the government's commitment to affordable housing and shared ownership and all that type of stuff, and if your building had people who were poorer than you, what would you do? Would you mind if they were to use the same entrance as you? Would you say that they're bringing down your property value? Would you act sanction? Would you appreciate the fact that they must, because they're poorer than you, they must use the poor doors and they can't use the same guard. I think they recently <laughs> um, banned, they, I think they had um, playgrounds for like young people and they had set, they, they were segregated. So the poor kids couldn't look, couldn't play with the rich kids in the, in the, in the nice gardens. They had separate gardens and maybe a fence where the poor kids could look and see the rich kids playing. So I think they've abolished them. But all those type of things, if you had property that you paid your millions for and then the council tenants or the, you know, housing association tenants are doing their shared ownership. How would you feel? Would you like them to use your facilities or not? Auntie Farah. I don't think this is new news, though, because if you look at where all these um, millionaire complexes are and you look at um, the social housing that's been, I say social, inadvertent columns, uh, that, um, that's been allocated, it's not in the same location. It's always the bummy end of that area. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. I, you've only got to look at Shepherd's Bush, White Sea, all them places to see like the where they've built things up and then look at what's been allocated for the social housing. It's not at the high end of the area. So this is not new. This is not new. The only thing that's new is that there's this massive pool and he's like, bruv, I'd like to use it. But it's not new. And the thing is as well, £800,000, did you say, for a two-bedroom flat? And he's got to walk past bins to get in it. More for you. You could have took your money and had a, a, a detached house somewhere nice and had a, an garden. Ooh. Um, but I also asked, what would you do if you lived there and you had paid your millions? I wouldn't be living there. Oh, if I lived there and I'd pay my millions. Would you Would you accept a poor door? I wouldn't. But how would we know? How would you, they know, know? you know, you know, <laughs> you know. We'd know there's a poor door. Yeah. It wouldn't affect me because I'm rich. <laughs> <laughs> and all I mean by that is, no, I don't mean like, I mean, like, I wouldn't really recognise it. I wouldn't be like, oh, there's the poor door. That's where the poor walks in. I, it, it wouldn't, I wouldn't recognise it because I'd just be living my own life, going through my own door, getting to my own yard, swimming in my own pool. I wouldn't, unless it's, how would I know? And there's people, there's different entrances for different, many different people. So how would I know that that door is for the poor? How would I know that? I ain't built it. No, no, that's not the question. The question the is. Yeah, would I accept there's it? There's the pool side, there's the social housing side, and there's you guys. I think side. they should be allowed to use it. I think social if housing, it. use your door. I don't, if it's the door or the pool. I don't mind, yes, if, the door I wouldn't the mind pool. if they use the pool. I wouldn't mind if they use the door because I've, it wouldn't affect me is what I'm trying to say to you. I wouldn't be like, no, you poor you can't come in here. It's not like they're just people off the street. They live there too. So they should be able to use it. You know, like, I, I can't see myself being like, oh, get away, commoner. I'm in my penthouse now that costs millions of pounds. Stay away. I, just, I, just, I can't see my, myself doing that. But my point was, this is not new. This is not a new thing when it comes to social housing in these plush areas. It's not new at all. Auntie, no, no. All right. I don't <laughs> think it's okay, but 
I feel like uh, when you're in a shared flat, the thing is you have to pay like the service charge and everything as well. So if the people who are in social housing are not sharing that service charge for what I have to pay for the carpet to be cleaned, the cleaners for the pool to be clean, because all of that is in your service charge, I probably wouldn't be okay with it being very communal if I'm being absolutely 100% honest. If I've spent that money and I'm paying millions and they're in social housing, but I'm paying the service charge, I probably would be like, you can use it if they are also contributing to service charge. If they're not, then you don't use it. But I would think of that with anybody that I was sharing a block of flats with, which I never would do if I had millions. But if for some reason I was sharing a block of flat with people, I would be like, if we're all in this together, then cool. If we're not and I'm paying, uh, no, you can't. Just as a caveat, um, in this article that Iqbal, they spoke to Iqbal, he said, we haven't even given the offer the chance to pay for um, so for the services. Yeah, I, I, I would be happy to kind of be on that campaign front with them that they also get charged and they can use it. But I'm not funding somebody else's lifestyle when I was brought up on a council estate as well. Like, I'm not I'm not doing it. I, I will be one of those buppies. I don't care. Like if I if I manage to pull myself up by the bootstraps and get out there and be a millionaire, so can you. Bill Mayer's talking to you, fam. That's what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> Auntie Shade. Um well, um, yeah, I, I wouldn't care to be honest. Do you know what I mean? Like if we're all living in the same space, then we should have all access to the same facilities, as far as I'm concerned. The but the full of the 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 um, where the issue lies is basically with the councils and them agreeing with the planning permission with the with the property to developer. There shouldn't be a poor door in the first place, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? They they do that so they can get um, discounts and um, do you know what I mean? Priority uh, areas to build in, kind of thing. So they promise X amount of social housing um, in in these areas so they can build these uh, apartments and um, make money. At the end of the day, so what they're what they're doing is wrong anyway. So um, no, and I just think that really and truly, like we just, <laughs> I, I personally think we just need to move more to like you know taking care of people who don't have as much as us. Do you know what I mean? Like I, I'm I'm for that kind of um, society. If you have more, then you should give more um and let people enjoy if they can do you know what i mean like he has to be making some it bar is it um has to be making something to be able to um afford to be there in the first place and this area in particular this is where they're developing um well they've done the redevelopment of the um Bertsy power station i think apple's moving there this is going to be like a new tech hub area do you know what i mean it's all about development of that and and also like let's break down some social uh, these kind of like prophetic social norms like if rich people didn't want to live with with poor people they wouldn't gentrify every fucking area and to be honest kind of thing they're more than capable of dealing with it there's nothing wrong with it you should you should really pay what you can afford that's what it should be um and it should be in a, a percentage to your um to your wage or what your value is or what you earn that's that's ideally that's what it should be but anyway i just think yeah um i wouldn't have no problem at all really 
let them use it. And also, if I live there, my guests should be able to use it too. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's 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 how it should be. Um, I Yeah, I think I agree. What I thought in the whole thing was, why, why, why build these buildings and have all this problem, this segregation? Why would you do that? That's wicked. If anything, luxury apartments that are full to with all whatever for, you know for all the millionaires to use and then you have blocks that are for people that you know affordable blocks and i'm not saying also that they should be disproportionately um maintained either they should have the same facilities maybe the luxury ones have like okay luxury things and extra amenities but then within that price that you know 800 grand or whatever you should you should still be able to use a pretty deep have a de- pretty decent building and have pretty decent amenities. Um, I, 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 that's the part I think is wicked. Is like having a building where people like because I think I was reading an article. I didn't keep, keep notes up that one um, whatever property owner or whatever was saying something. Well, we need these special floors and special lifts and separate lifts so that we know so we know that the services can go to the right places. I'm like, why create this headache? Why not have separate? You've got all these sprawling blocks that are being built. Why not have luxury block? middle block middle, and so just have the community mixing in that way why would you cause that stress in them i just think it's weird that floor one is for the you know look what is it you lot watch the the endies and the tallies the fronties at the fucking train show um what's the train show that's nothing the tailies yeah the fucking you got the people at the bottom or the top whichever way you want to look at it yeah, that's it, the tailies. You can't use up past floor three and yeah. floor three, and then you've got to go out the back end in the fucking dumpsters, and then everyone else has got, no, man, that's that's really mentally damaging. And I it's think- like when you've got to walk past first class. Yeah. 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 Me on the plane. <laughs> that's what that's like. That's all purposeful. Like. That's all purposeful. That I at, least, at least... We can't, but that's the same thing. It's like you don't... Yeah, you have to walk, because there's just no other way, unless you really had, like, three door entrances onto a plane. Practicality. They do. They do. They do. They They force you. Thank you, Nana. They They have that. They make you walk past. It's all psychological. It literally is all done for the ones that are sitting there that can be like, you have to walk past me. (laughs) And then for the people that have to walk past that you feel smaller, it's all done in the same way. But as Auntie Sade said, that building thing, is you get that land cheaper when you say you're going to give some to social housing. Yeah, exactly. But you're not going to build social housing to the same standard that you are the luxury ones. It's all out of order, but it's done purposefully. And it's yeah. always so the last that you to be know built. your rank. Yeah, it's always the last to be built. And it's always, in, as I said, the bummy side of it. Yeah. And it's literally like Auntie Shanti. Yeah, they get, a, a lot of building regulations get passed if they say they're going to do this social housing. And look so. at the fact that Ballymore has cladding issues. Like we, we like we celebrate. We celebrated. Not say celebrated. Sorry, we honoured four years of Grenfell yesterday on the fourteenth of June. Do you know what I mean? And then that and Ballymore still hasn't sorted out their cladding issues. Like what the hell? And then yet you're able to build these things. And you first, furthermore, again a bit of a frivolous thing. Would you use that pool fourteen stories up? That no. Pool? No. I find a hell of me. You have to. And I'm scared. Of, I'm scared. So it scares me. Like I want to say that I would use it, but it just scares me. Like no, no, no. If other people in it, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. Not straight away, but like other people can do it first. But once I know it's safe, and someone I know definitely done it, I'm definitely doing it. But I'm doing did it. a drone shot. <laughs> <laughs> but when we talking about 
maybe after a while the weight of it. There's a side area that I was seeing in the pictures where you're not in the middle where yeah, it could same, same, same. I would definitely hang about the sides. I'm not going into that middle. I don't trust building in this country anyway. And nobody's gonna be prosecuted if I die. So and how, did you say did you say it's built by the, the actual the whole thing is built by the same people that cladded Grenfell? I don't know who Valley Moore's not they didn't they didn't oh. do Grenfell, but similarly that some a lot of their some of their properties have Grenfell style. Then that means that you know they're just slipping things through. So yeah, I'm not I'm not, I, I'm not, I'm not sure. I might sit on the edge. If if they're if they're they know what kind of clientele that they're after. They wouldn't de- like. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't think so. If it was like, okay, there's a there's a there's a poorer version on the poor side. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's no that swings. Uh, <laughs> it's not even a pool. <laughs> Probably there to kill us. Yeah, no, not <laughs> even. <Or something. laughs> but the thing is, how do you test a perspex swimming pool? Please, how do you test it? It's endurance, like yeah. But the thing is, it's like bridges and stuff. It's all mechanics and science and engineering, isn't it? So I have faith that they got the right people to do all of that shit because yeah. it's just like when you go when you drive across a bridge, how the hell is this thing staying together? Because it is. Well, don't you remember when there was issues with the Millennium Bridge? Yeah, I do. Yes. <laughs> the one that you walk across, yeah, and it was wobbling because it was swaying. Yeah. I don't yeah. trust. I don't trust anything. And Hammersmith Bridge has been on and off for how many years since I lived in West Hammersmith? Nah, Opens and closes and it swings. I swear, my on to Shade, you go swimming in it. I will. I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll get the Are we allowed in there? Like, no. <laughs> nah, you got. You got. You're gonna know someone. Someone's gonna know someone. someone like, so like, it's just the security like, oh, membership. <laughs> <laughs> you don't need to know the main man. You just need to know a man that knows a man. Come at three a.m. though. <laughs> You know everybody in the poor in the poor on the poor section knows yeah, man, just go around the back, innit? We'll come up there. Yeah, yeah. There's always a way. Come yeah. up the back stairs, come through. Hundred percent. But yeah, anyway, that was my Imagine tip. doing an event that that would be sick. That would be great. That would be really sick. It would be great, but then who'd be the drunk person in the middle that, that, that causes a crack? Crack. And then let's get the comments. But that's why Soho House freaks me out. Why? The pool, because I always think that when people are drunk, people there's no there's no lifeguard, there's nothing. I feel like it's one minute away from something happening. No, I think I think all the stuff are like all the majority. There should be stuff that are first. But they're not just outside all the time. When people are drunk and <laughs> parlaying by the pool, it freaks me out. They're on it. They're on it. Let's go comments. Sorry, still can't scroll. Okay, cool. Sorry. Uh, give me just a second. So, okay, cool. Nicola says, did Auntie Shade build the swimming pool? I wish. Yes, Auntie Shade, I remember uh, your, what will you spend your money on? That's very true, actually. Yeah, I would. This is definitely a bit of me. Um, Camille says, more for him. You wouldn't um, get my money if I have the poor door. Uh, Loretta says, I'd rather buy elsewhere abroad. Um, Camille... So some developments have to commit to social housing to get approved, but build social housing out of the area to house them. Very true. And then uh, also goes on to say that some of the properties are six million. Ooh, wow. Million. Um, and then Camille also said, yes, first, first class and business 
um, get on first and then you have to walk past them. Um, and also because the pool is an Instagram gimmick, yeah, totally. <laughs> and um, Sister says only 19 people are allowed in the pool at one time. You see it there, mate. Is that due to COVID though? Was that I was just going to ask, is yeah. that because of social distancing? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. I think it's because of weight issues. Because oh, me too. If it's weight issues, they need to reassess that blood clot. Trust me. Because 19 people. Oh, my God. It might be because of COVID. They've got to have, like, about, they should put, like, balconies, like, bungee jumps underneath. Just, um, I don't know. I'm just if not doing it. Wouldn't you, like, I would sell tickets, man. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would. I definitely would. Hold on, would you tell out. I'd sell tickets. You're right. For the poor people. Yeah. You can bid. Yeah. <laughs> Karen is absolutely going to gob on you. Yes. You're going to get off. Yes. Literally, a Karen be like, oh no, she let all the poor people no, in. No, 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 no. I don't care. If it's in my contract that like, I can have guests there, yeah. then they can't tell me nothing, Karen. <laughs> yes, but because of the state of the world, to be like, yes, that black girl, she let all the right. black people in. I'd be like, yeah, this black girl, let them in. What do you say, Shadow? I might give her 20% of the profits just to yeah. <laughs> She won't want them. <laughs> okay. All right, Auntie Farah, what have you heard? Okay, so let me pull it up. My news story is about Queen Petty, Preeti Patel. So this last, I think it was Sunday, can't remember. Whenever the whenever the first Euro game was, what's it called? The Euros, the football team. Whenever England played <laughs> Croatia, anyway, yeah, the Euros. That's what it's called. I don't know yeah, why it's right. called the Euros. Yeah, so what, when the game was, uh, when it started, the, the players for England took a knee. It was Raheem Serlin and all of them. They all took a knee. I think maybe the majority of them anyway took a knee. And they were being booed by the England fans. There was a bunch of England fans booing them for taking the knee. So Preeti Patel has since come out and she has said that she doesn't stand for this type of gesture politics and that there is no place for it. And that the England supporters have a right to boo this sort of thing. And that people must remember the devastating impact that the BLM marches had on policing last year. So my question to you is very simple. Is this woman smoking crack? Is she all right in her head? Like, what is wrong with her? Can you tell me what you think is her issue? Auntie Nana. I, I I don't know. I watched the interview and I was like, I don't I don't know. All of my theories about this chick, I have no clue other than she is just like the, I, I can't even think of the animal that is likened to her character, but it's just, you can wheel her out for anything that nobody else would say. And Preeti will be like, I, I don't care. I'll, I'll say it. Like, I think that's just her. Like nothing even made sense that she was saying. I, it it was just, it was sad. Honestly, when I see her now, I am like, this is really, really sad. And I wonder, I feel more sorry for her family because I, I can't see how you're able to like just battle through what she kind of comes up against unless you are an absolute demon as well. Like there's just, there's no rhyme or reason to her and her ethnicity 
and how she seems to loathe anything other than white people. Like just in all, in all walks, whatever she stands for, it's just like, I'm always going to uphold white pathology in all of the ways that I can. And I will be that colored face that speaks against whatever any type of black or brown person is doing. It's, it's just disgusting, but I feel sorry for her family more than anything else. And she has kids as well. It's like, they must get it in school. Um, Auntie Shadow. Um, so what do I think she's saying? I think she's trying to be the prime minister. That's what I think she's doing. She's she playing to that audience and saying like, look, yeah, see, I, I don't care either. Um, do you know what I mean? And I'm not afraid to say it because it's just this. She said this like days after Boris Johnson, our current prime minister, said that they should not be booing. So it's just like, how are you going against your boss on a public platform? Like, what the fuck? That's not her boss. Seriously. So I just think that she's gunning for Boris's job. She's she's basically saying, I can do what you you won't. Um, uh, basically. So. Yeah, I think she's. I, I just thought, oh god, here we go again, man. And I don't, I don't understand why. No, I can't understand it because it's madness. I really can't. But I saw a um, interview uh, on LBC the other day where this guy was like, um, I can't remember the presenter, but it's the main presenter. His videos go viral all the time, and he was talking to a guy that said that, oh, he's going to the games and he's going to boo them if they if they take the knee. And the president was just like, well, do you think booing them is going to make them play better or worse? Especially because it's before the game. And he's just like, yeah, probably worse, but I'm going to do it anyways. And he was like, well, why, how are you calling yourself a supporter? Do you know what I mean? If your 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 actions could potentially make them play worse. It's like, oh, I've, I've spent £50,000 on England and da like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Like, these people are mad. They're crazy. And then um, Raheem Sterling, didn't he score a goal as well? So you're yeah. cheering for him. So you boo him and cheer winning for him. Goal. You're the winning goal. You're so confused. Like, people just, it's just nonsense. It's just actual nonsense. And it's just so annoying. Like, I'm not a massive fan of football anyway, but it's just like, when people say this country ain't racist, when people say, like, you know, we're progressive in this country. Come and see, come and see England now. This is who England is. White friggin' men doing what the hell they want and making us suffer for it, basically. And Preeti's just their biggest cheerleader. I mean, she was talking on the newly launched GB News with abandon and confidence. And I was like, fuck you. If you're even standing there with them on this platform that is going to, no matter what they say, what they rally against, they're definitely trying to be the UK Fox, and that is that. And you're standing there on that platform, a shepherd for the devil, talking shit out your mouth. So <laughs> I can't deal with this no, woman. Shepherd for the devil. <laughs> shepherd for the devil was the best. <laughs> that was brilliant. <laughs> Literally. And she lives in the city. You know she lives with a gargoyle. On, she talks to the gargoyles. She absolutely does probably live in the city. Yeah, and communicates with the gargoyles regularly. Um, I can't. And then the thing is, when she defended, you know, she went on to again, she said it before, she's repeated herself. Which, um, and she said, keeps saying it and talking about the, the Colston statue leading on to all the protests, the devastation. What devastation? What devastation has the UK suffered from the protests last year? What devastation have we had, has collectively... Who has been damaged from the Black Lives Matter protest? Can you please tell me who 
What part of the UK has suffered detrimentally after the protest? She's talking as to say a whole bunch of white people just dropped dead after the protest. <laughs> Nothing happened. Nothing happened. And what's even worse, the protests didn't make a fucking bit of change because we're still here. We're still here talking about shit that needs to be changed. So what, tell me what devastating things occurred after the protest, Miss Priti Patel. And you're talking about defending, and again, the Colston statue was tapped at the top, or she referenced that. The, a whole slave trader, a whole colonizing slave trader that you, with your brown skin, and your people then was also colonized, you're going to defend that statue, that man, and you're going to talk about Black Lives Matter as if they're worse. Well, how many yeah. days of the protest? How, how long did the protest last? A couple, couple weekends? There were how many? Count on one hand how many protests there were. So you're going to equate that, those people who marched, to someone that built their whole legacy and lifestyle on the back of bl black blood and brown blood. Are you all right, woman? Fuck you. Auntie Farrell. <laughs> yeah, all, all of the above. Okay, I'm going to work backwards. So the Colson statue is actually in, ex in it's, it's being displayed in an exhibit at the moment with all the signs and BLM things um, and all the graffiti that was on it. It's being displayed because of people's support of the Black Lives Matter movement. So Pretty can go and suck an egg, right? <laughs> um, she called it the famous Coulson. You know, they pulled that off the famous Coulson statue. The f like it burned her. When she said it, it was like it, she was in pain from the fact that these people pulled down the statue. This woman needs to stop talking. She seriously is, what did you call her, Auntie, Auntie AK? A what shepherd. <laughs> a shepherd for the devil. <laughs> I think it's the perfect title. That, that is perfect. Yeah. I was just, so trying to think thinking, of an animal, but that is yeah, perfect. It is. I was it's just thinking for the demon, devil. Mm -hmm. but shepherd for the devil. You hit the nail on the head there. Yeah. I mean, she's talking about the devastation. She doesn't talk about the fact that there were anti-BLM marchers that mm -hmm. went there and caused more trouble than anyone who marched in any BLM. And let's get it right, protest protest right they pissed the the, the anti-people pissed on statues <laughs> were arrested for pissing on statues more of them were arrested for violence against the police than yes. anyone on, in any of the blm protests so she needs to actually get her facts straight before she goes on these new fox type platforms spouting her garbage like she is just unbelievable the thing that um i wanted to highlight as well i wish i could share it with you guys i don't know if you can see this can you see that you can't see it where's the screen can you see that yeah right so one image is them booing before this is them booing before and that's them cheering after so these are the same people that she's supporting they booed like auntie Shade said and then two minutes later, well, not to 57 minutes or whatever it was, they're cheering for the same people. How can you say that you are a supporter of these people? It just shows you that, that racism is just led by dummies. They just have <laughs> no sense whatsoever. They literally don't understand. And Preeti Patel is their champion. She really is. And the thing is, because as TV's launched and she's speaking on that, I, want, I suppose she's going to be a regular, out, um, regular commentator on that. Oh. And it is going to speak to the that lower case, lowest, lowest case denominator, whatever they call it. Um, and if if she is gearing up to be prime minister, she's definitely going to appear to she's going to appeal to the working class and those whites that feel that they've been woke to death 
and now they're stressed because people keep telling them because I saw the other day I was um bored so someone on Twitter was like I'm sick and tired of being made to feel bad for being white I'm not racist and back in the day I lived with um um in the 90s I lived with black and Asian people and everybody was happy so because I was bored I was like um, you know, if you're not racist, you wouldn't feel this pressure. You wouldn't feel no way. And by the way, have you had a conversation with those people that you live with in the 90s about what, what they felt, what they truly felt? Because not everyday people are just going to be talking about racism. They might just be living their lives. So have you had a conversation? And how about you listen and stop projecting? Because if you're not racist, you should be fine. They came back and said, oh, what are you talking about? Because I bet you've never been called racist. Tell me a part time when you, you were racist. You've been racially abused. And I said, but I don't need to talk about that because... Again, you shouldn't be getting so triggered if you're not racist. It's okay for you to express yourself, but let's just listen to people and start empathising with people's stories. Then in the end, they blocked me um, and it was someone dumb, but it's a representative of the stupid people. This They have no argument. They're projecting their fears. They're the ones that are going to run and support people on GB and think they're getting the real news. Run away from wokeness, even though wokeness as we've said is it's such a the what the what unfortunately the white people have taken it and colonized it and dis, dismantled the actual meaning of what woke is they've actually taken it from black folks i don't even want to say it anymore i, I i'm so upset because we was fine in our own hip-hop bubble talking about woke and now it's been colonized i'm not saying it again i'm going to try not to say it i don't this, even say it anyway now it's, it's been, been been destroyed this word gesture politics this phrase gesture politics that she used as well it's basically described as political actions or positions woke what happened? We all shuffled. <laughs> Nana's doing a dance with us. She is. Um, but it's political actions or positions taken chiefly to, to gain publicity or influence public opinion. So she's basically saying they're only doing this for publicity. Okay. There's so no real reason behind it. It's not going to do anything. It's just for publicity. Listen, I've heard black people say, like, what's it going to do? And then there's, this is, there's different levels of argument, right? There is performative um, activism. We know that people do that. We know that some footballers are taking the knee for visuals. Some really mean it. And there's also there's levels of what footballers need to be doing that we've all talked about. How about if you're doing a knee, are you actually going to walk off the pitch when the time matters and stay off the pitch? We've talked about all the different ways that footballers, specifically we're talking about sports, how they could protest and actually act really talking about kicking out racism and all that type of stuff, take a real stand. There's all those different conversations, but Pretty's not saying that. She's not saying that. Oh my gosh. Yes, I'm here, Nana. Can you hear me? <laughs> Auntie Nana, we can't hear you, by the way. We can't hear you. Yeah, we can't hear you. Are you saying anything? It's in the Matrix. Blink twice if you can hear us. Are you in the city? <laughs> what else? They're stopping our broadcast. <laughs> it's not can you hear me now. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So now I can hear you, but I can't see you, AK. Oh. But if everybody else can see you, then it's fine. Yeah. It's weird. Okay, cool. Broken our communication. Don't worry. I'll get the aliens back onto it. And <laughs> but yeah, anyway, it's just that thing like we can you could, we could talk about performative act activism or gesture politics. Of course, there are loads of celebrities that do that. Loads of corporations do that. Lots of politicians do that. And the same way, she could talk about it too, because she's doing gesture politics. Because for sure, speaking on platforms and trying to angle yourself to a position where that middle England and working class mm -hmm. in white England want to, you want to get their ground swelling of support. You're doing the same thing. So don't talk to anybody about gesture politics. You're doing gesture politics. How can you as a brown woman stand there so confidently and talk all the racist shit that you crack, that you talk? So, you know. Oh, Miss 
there's a sound delay. I, we don't know. Well, listen, they're trying not to let us get the truth out. We've, we've, <laughs> we've gone too far. We've gone too far. Let's get um, one or two of the comments. Okay, so um, Camille says uh, she thinks she's one of them. Rowena says she wants to be PM so bad and she never, she will never be. They will toss Preeti aside eventually. Rishi will be PM before her. Nicola says Preeti has to, had to be bullied, flushed down the toilet when she was growing up. She, was, she definitely wants to be cool and relevant, but because she has no social skills, she hates on the things she cannot be. She needs our prayers, especially if she is a shepherd for the devil. <laughs> Um, Rowena says, uh, Preeti is reading from the Candies Owens handbook. It's pathetic right wing, ring, wing pandering. Um, Antoinette says, clapping for the NHS is a gesture, is gesture politics. Yes, I agree with that. And Miss, um, okay, cool. All right, yeah, if you're having um, any sound issues, maybe just refresh and then come back to us. I don't know exactly. Um, yeah, I was going to say um, I, I have to. I, I can't take credit for Shepherd for the Devil. That's Bernie Mac, man, the late great Bernie Mac, Kings of Comedy. So she's a Shepherd for the Devil. Um, <laughs> before, so yeah, that's. But um, it was just so perfect because she really is. It was the right thing like, to say. She just encapsulates that perfectly. She is a Shepherd for the Devil. Definitely, we were searching for the phrase, and that was it. But really, imagine if she does become PM. Like, yeah. she will ship us all. I, I don't care if we get shipped off. Like, really, I, I have no problems. But you have to do it with a hundred grand to a million. Do you know like, why she's not? You have to pay us to they go. Can't it. She, the, but it's not even about affording to send us. They can't afford to lose us. Yeah. They're not shipping us nowhere. If every single person of colour was to down tools today and leave... Forget about it. Trust me when I say they would be at the borders stopping us and telling us about we can't go. They they do try and do that, but I would love, but even if we just all was like, we're just not working. Like just for 48 hours, because 24 hours they'll cope, maybe a week. But if we really were collectively like, yeah, we're not going to do it. But I'm not even just saying black people. Even it could just be black and Asian people. If we did that, like, you're not having no McDonald's, no KFC, there's no cab drivers, there's no doctors, there's no nurse. Like, literally, no you don't have anything. The, um, I'd love to know, when she's, when she's shipping us, what part of the ship is she getting on? <laughs> <laughs> no, she, she sold her soul. So she, she doesn't think she's got a ticket. They'll do her last, you know. They'll do her last. She'll be last. Her on a banana boat as well. (laughs) She will be last. They'll put everybody on, and then they'll and she'll be there like yes, 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 and then they'll say to and you, and she'll be like, what what do you mean? What do you mean? Not me. I made the law. Yeah, but the law includes you. Off you go. Then she'll be on the boat with all the people of color looking at her, looking at her, saying, "You stupid girl." Mate, crazy things. Um, <laughs> let's get the last comments and move on. Yeah, so Antoinette says this could have all been avoided if they left us where we were and picked their own cotton and sugar. Okay? Mate. Um, and Nicola says on her birthday, 
and we all share an image of her with the strap line stripping off the devil. <laughs> I vote for that. I'm up for that. Definitely. Oh my God, what's our son is she? Please, Lord, let her not be. Mine. Don't be a Gemini, please. Come on. She ain't Gemini. And if she is, it's the other person. Who's searching? Who's searching? Okay. Sorry, one second. She is a Taurus. See? That makes sense. Sorry, <laughs> I can see that. I can see that. Out there, but you know it makes sense. Mm. She's no, 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 I'm wrong. What am I talking about? No, she's an Aries, man. Aries, oh, man. <laughs> oh, Auntie Sade. You need oh, to have a word, man. No, no, no. You need there's to have a word with her. There's bad dictators that are Aries, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Mate. Was it Huh? Huh? Like, Aries. Are actually Aries, like um. So, yeah. wow. Auntie Shade, talk to you. Wow. No, yeah. no, no. It's got nothing to do with me. <laughs> I mean, I, I really would love to meet her though. Like wow. she is on my like fascinating. Spe- like I, I, I'm fascinated to meet her. Like I am to meet a lion. Like just it would be like going into like wildlife like into the jungle i would really like to meet her to just look at her and ask her some questions i'd like to ask her questions are like, you for real fam like, yeah like really but i want i want her to be like drunken off guard or maybe on mushrooms like literally so she has all of her guards down and i can really be like no what really happened to you like like what happened and then i can tell everybody dude man she got bullied to hell like li- li- i could sell her story for her no, nah, she doesn't. Nah. I can't even say. Nah, it. Nah, nah. She got washed in bleach. I feel like she had all of that stuff happening to her. Nah, I think in, she in prep school. school. Yeah, what, like in prep school, they washed her in bleach. They painted her white. Like they took her dinner. And where did she go? Where did she go? Where did she go to? Um, where did she go to school? Sorry, I think she was in one of the um, one of the lady colleges, but I. Uh, well, she, I think, is, is, I think she's an Oxford one. She definitely was a part of the We Love Thatcherite people in her university. Seriously? So she went to one of those. She went to... I just think that she's confused. She went to, she went to Watford Grammar School for Girls. There we go. I wonder, and was it, was, was her, what, what was her class like? I've heard how Watford was crazy racist. Oh, I'm telling you, man, she got bleached and stuff. Like, it's, no. she probably had it hard. No. Yeah. <laughs> That's well, no excuse, though. Yes, Nicola, I just, damn right she wasn't a Scorpio. I'm wearing my Scorpio today. Um, I did hold my breath a bit. No. <laughs> <laughs> Never. Anyway, let's go. This ain't a reflection on me, though. I hope you guys can't tell me what I'm thinking of I mean... No, it's not a reflection on you at all. We're just saying talk to your people. No, no, no. <laughs> I mean, all right, moving on, moving on. <laughs> now it's time for Auntie's No Best. Buddha, buddha, buddha. Auntie's No Best. Buddha, buddha, buddha. Auntie's No Best. Ooh, ooh, ooh. 
Auntie Far, I'm so proud of you. I know she joined in. Well done. I'm so so proud of you. I'm so I'm so I'm so I'm so I'm so proud of you. Proud of you. Yeah, no, you're spoiling it now. You're spoiling it now. Auntie Shade, considering you've now found out you're an ally of a certain person. Oh my god. Me too. <laughs> No, Auntie Charlotte, you're going to have that. You're going to join in festivities to prove that you're not like her. No, no, no. no. <laughs> All right, let's give her one more week. Next week, she'll join in. All right, now it's time for Auntie's No Best is where we solve dilemmas that have come into our inbox or crossed our social media inbox. Um, this one, I don't have to give a disclaimer because it's not advice for you directly. But anyway, just in case, don't come for us, we'll come for you. We're not lawyers, doctors, psychologists. We're just giving advice because we are the best with advice with aunties. But however, don't come for us. This one, um, I think Auntie Nana found it on the internet. And Mr. Sarafay, that Nicki Minaj's former lover, boyfriend, hubby, whatever, who's moved on to become a very well-known type influencer, type social media star, type all sorts of nonsense. He's going out with, now I don't know the whole backstory of these two people, goes out with Erica Mena, another love and hip hop Married. Type. They're married. Okay, so also, is that how you say his name? Sarafay. Safari. Yeah, yeah, you said Mr. Sarafay. Like, Sarafay. what's wrong oh, with you? Safari. You know what, I put the R before the F. I thought it was Sarafay. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's Safari. It sounds better than Safari. He's not spelled oh, auntie. Mr. Seraphay. <laughs> Listen, if you want to spell your name Safari, literally, I don't know. No, don't get into how people spell their names, though. Oh, oh, my God. That spelling. So I thought it was Seraphay, man. Sure. <laughs> Safari is married to Erica Mina or Mena. Mena. Erica Mena. <laughs> anyway, they've now obviously come into this, you know, fallen out, and now they're looking about divorce. They're getting divorced because obviously. Um, and uh, basically, he has said that he wants a judge to enforce Erica to let him be present for his child's birth because he feels like he should be there at such a moment, monumentous moment. Now, my question to you, well, it's not a question. Well, it is a question. Guys, what should he do? Should a judge force Erica to be, let the man who stressed her out, rumours of cheating, all that stuff and nonsense, be in the room? when she's going through probably one of the most painful times of her life, when she needs her wits about her, should she be forced to let that man into the birthing room? Auntie Sade. Absolutely not, man. Seriously. It's a woman's right. It's a woman's, you know, do you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's, it's just, I, I just hate the fact that anyone could, that has the ability to have opinions on and, um, make rules about laws um about a woman's body it's not like what the fuck man that's what you want to bring the government <laughs> into the bathroom room is that what you're saying like that's wild and 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 then uh, i just uh i think sometimes some men have just such audacity like i just can't i just can't i can't take it like who do you think you are like do you know what i mean i, I get like the the compromise let's say that okay he's a, maybe maybe he is he wants to be that doting dad maybe he is let's give him the benefit of the doubt i, I might film it for you there you can have that that's it man but if i don't want you around i don't want you around seriously that's it's, it's just as simple as that i just i can't i don't know it makes me weary <laughs> basically these kind of things it makes me weary man i i i would hate to be her pregnant 
having to deal with this. Like that is not a that's not a good experience to have while you're pregnant, is it? For someone you know who you used to obviously be in love with to be threatening to go to court, that could be seen as like a publicity stunt. It's not thinking about her well being. It's just not thinking about the baby. Auntie Farah. Yeah, I 100% agree. I mean, the only thing I disagree with, I'd say if he wants to be in a waiting room, you can be in the waiting room so that when the child is born, you can see the child. You know, the, because the thing is, it's not like she's saying, I'm going to keep your kid from you. She's not saying that. When you're giving birth, it's such, your body is going through such trauma when you're giving birth. It's a big deal. You can fucking die. So you want to put extra pressure on this woman while she's having your baby. What if something happens because she's so stressed out having your baby where she dies or the child dies or both die? You need to consider the health implications, first of all, and stop being so selfish. She's not keeping your child away from you. She's just saying, when I'm in a place where I'm giving birth and I'm under that pressure and that strain, I just want to be focused and concentrate and have the healthiest environment for my child to be in. Why would you want someone who literally disgusts you by this point next to you? What are they going to be doing? What's he going to be saying? Come on, come on, let's go. Like, she's not going to want to hear him. She's not going to want to see his face. She's not going to want to smell him. She's not going to want any of that stuff. Like, let her give birth to your child in a healthy, safe way. And you can see the baby when it's born. And if, if like you said, Auntie Charlie, the bit I do agree with, you can have, like, it on video in the waiting room. So you can see it at the same time. But you don't need to be in the room if she's stressed out by it. You don't. It's dangerous. It's so dangerous. You could end up with nothing because of the dangers that you're putting this woman under. So, no, I don't subscribe to that. And I totally agree with you. This, sh this sh should not be for a judge to decide. It's not, the baby's not here yet. It's not for you to decide how a woman chooses to give birth. It's not for you. It's not your place. Auntie Nana. Yeah, I agree. Like, in, in seeing this, because I kind of like Safari, I was like, oh, it's a shame that you two haven't, like, they were getting divorced last year. Somehow she got pregnant and then they were back together and now they're getting divorced again. So I was kind of sad that it's come to this in their crazy relationship. But at the same time, it is like if you really, really wanted to be there at the birth of your child, you should be doing everything in your power to be having a really good relationship with the mother. So even if we are separating, your focus shouldn't be on getting the courts to make it happen. It's to actually how can I make this relationship really work? So that even just in the birth of our child, we can be friends instead of all of this. Like you can't force your presence. You should have autonomy on who's in the birthing room with you. She has the right to pick who her birthing partners are. And you just have to accept that it's not you because you haven't tried to be the best friend to her. It's like you can still be a friend and be getting divorced. It doesn't have to be hell. But they've been going at each other on Twitter and even that. Getting divorced while you're pregnant in itself is like, shit, she's going through bare stress. Really, I probably just need to chill. I think it's fine for him to be outside in the waiting room or outside of the hospital and give her a moment like, okay, I, you can have a few hours and then I want to I wanna meet my child on the day that it's born. I think that's a fair request, but not to be in the room with her if you two are in a, a dodgy space. It is dangerous. 
this whole situation to me, I think is dangerous for a mother to be under this stress and this kind of public foray that they have found themselves in, but they seem to always be at it publicly. But yeah, it was, it was just, it was sad, but I think he doesn't have a leg to stand on. It was disappointing the amount of men that were like, yeah, you know, they're always controlling it. And it's like, your body is not going through anything. Like literally you, you, you're just going to stand there. Like she is putting her life in danger to give forward this, this life. So, you just need to make it as seamless and as easy as possible for her. And demanding that your presence is there isn't doing that because she doesn't want you there. And it's just like that you have other males really being like, no, he's right for demanding this is, is a disgrace. And they should all be looking at themselves like we are pitiful. We are disgraces. I mean, you said so many things. Um, I was laughing. When you said he should be outside the hospital, I thought, like, we're in a parking lot. <laughs> like, just be outside. You know, like, yeah, you know when people are outside by the, the ambulances? Yeah. Like, <laughs> give her some space, man. <laughs> give her room. Chill. Yeah, Um, So many things. Uh, yeah, you're not you're not coming in. And uh, to be honest, I'm not even filming it for you, because it, it's, if you've lot of spit up, you're divorcing. You know, like, I have access to my private regions either. It's, it's something... You just can't see me naked. You can't see me in any type of vulnerability. I don't want you to see me in that space because, as we will, as everyone has said, it's a it's an intense moment. It's a stressful moment. It's also when everything goes well. It's a beautiful moment. And if you have fucked up, you do not deserve to see any part of that. I don't want you to. I'm so, like you fucked up. You don't get to see none of it. You missed out. Sorry. You can see the child. I'm not stopping you from seeing the child. You're not being a part of this moment because you didn't care for me when I was pregnant. So now I'm in this moment. You don't get to be, have any part of joy and celebrate. What are you celebrating? No, you're not. You know, I'm so sorry. And all the men that are saying, it's again, it's that, it's that again, performative gesture. Yeah, yeah, it should be there. What is he right about? What is exactly? Because if it's, I don't, I, like I said, I don't know the backstory of these two. But again, this is why I can't do reality because there's an element of, if they're both going back and forth on Twitter, then both of them need to also think about, she needs to also think about her health and her child come off of Twitter, come off all this shit. But also that's why some of this is, you don't know what, where the contractual lines are blurred, which is for performing for TV, because all of this that happens is all part of the scripting and the, the directional of the show, especially if it's going to be- Are they still on that show? I have no they're idea. Still still I, have no I don't idea. think they're still on that show. Are they off it? They, they don't, so they, do they not, do, do they get any type of endorsement or support or monetary gain from being in the public eye whether it's messy noise and all that type of stuff well, in, in a, in a, even in a non-direct way yeah they would do do you know what i mean yeah it's very difficult though like if someone says something about you and do you know what i mean to not respond do you Absolutely. Know I mean? wild stuff like if he's saying he's gonna take me to why well, i'm pregnant you think i'm not responsive of course i'm responsive I, I mean like i said why this is nonsense you know what i mean I think there's, again, there's so many levels and there's so many situations. However, we're saying that what he's saying, trying to force the courts and protect, she, he should be thinking about her. They should both be thinking about their, the baby's health at the end of the day. Whatever that means, however that's manifested, think about the baby's health because that's the most important thing. It doesn't take the, the, the attention off the fact that, Sa- I'm going to say Sarafi again, Safari, <laughs> shut the F up. No judge should back him. You're not allowed in the room. You're not getting a video. You might be in the waiting room or you might be by the ambulances, but you're not going to be showing in this moment, especially if it's your fault that 
this woman is going through a divorce and is now going into life as a single mother. That's your fault. You don't get to joy in that joy. For me, even even if it's not, even if it's not his fault, like you just don't have a right over a woman's body. No, you don't. Like absolutely not. And I think like if we, this is like, to suggest that you could is some handmaiden tell shit. Yeah. That's, that's, that's where that is. It's insane. Men need to fall. When it comes to this issue, just fall back. Yeah. Fall. It's Absolutely. Could agree with you more. Men need to think about whatever whatever operation or something, intrusive um, rectal examination, penile examination, and you wouldn't want a woman there and saying, oh, I want to be there because I can have the right to be there. Think Men don't think because as, as I think I'm sure that you said, they don't go, they don't experience anything. They don't, or uh, to fire, I can't remember who said it. They don't experience any type of anything. Women have so much stuff done to our bodies just in nature. And men can't even fathom. That's why they have so much detachment and they can talk crap. And so, yeah, yeah, you should be in there. Because you lot don't experience an iota of what women go through consistently from the day we bloody have a period. But, but even, I think they don't even have a pill. Yeah, I, I, think, I think the main point is that, She's bringing life into the world, right? And while she's pregnant, all her energy, all her feeling, everything is transferring to that child. Him doing this while she's pregnant is abuse. It's abuse because what do you, what effect do you think that's having on your child? It's not helping. When you're pregnant, you need everything to be jobless. That's what you need it to be when you're pregnant. Do you know what I mean? You need it to be cool. You don't need stress because that transfers into your body, into the baby, and will result in problems. So he is putting the health of his child at risk. He needs to dress back, fall back, relax your skin. That's what he needs to do. And wait for your child to be born. And then you can see your child. But all of this is is wrong. It's abuse. You're abusing your child is what you're doing. You're actually abusing your child. Yeah, we get the comments. Sure. So Mrs. Hang says he should be permitted um, to be present, but not present. Um, and also says at the hospital in the room, um, it's about the baby. They need to put their ish aside and be child focused. Sharon says um, he didn't want more kids because of the effects on her body. And now he wants to force, my, to force himself. He's my team. Um, Mrs. Hang says if something happens during labor, at least the other parent would be present in the hospital. Um, Antoinette says, totally agree, Auntie Farah. He don't need to be in the room. And surely the midwife trumps the judge because it's her delivery room. Um, Mrs. Han says he's too entitled, gone too far uh, for taking it to court, to be honest. Just negotiate to be at the hospital. And also says, we soon we soon see them all lovey-dovey with the newborn on Love and Hip Hop series 65. 36 in the future um Antoinette says um she's going through a medical procedure that he has um has right to witness if she consents then fine but if not he needs to wait for the photos simple he lost the right to be in the room watching while her legs are akimbo and enough medical professionals will be there looking they're looking clean up to her kidneys so she doesn't she does, don't need someone she, she's not in a relationship with if she doesn't want to. And Nicola says this highlights how much society, how much as a society, people take childbirth so complacently. 
They really do. They really, people don't really think about what goes into they it. They think it's like going to get your tooth pulled out. It's not the same thing, man. Imagine. And I just want to go back and highlight Miss Latang. I, we missed this, that she said that Pretty Patel's birthday is actually on her birthday. She says, I loved you so much, and now I side-eye you too. <laughs> <laughs> um, there was another thing, I can't remember what it was, someone said. Oh, someone, and I think, but then I have to love you back, because Shez loves the triangle. Thank you, Shez. So I'll take it back. I do love you. Um, <laughs> and that was Auntie's No Best. Let's, uh, we, uh, yeah, let's see what happens for this couple. Um, now it's time for... For the culture, for the culture, for the culture. Sorry, I was on mute. Sorry. She didn't join me. And the yeah. two. I wish she was. That's rude. <laughs> That's rude. <laughs> I'm don't laugh. That's rude. You know what? I'm just going to leave you guys. I hate it, but I'm just going <laughs> to... You can't expect me to join in. Do you hate it more than you used to hate? Oh boy, the oh, old no. I, I didn't. I think I, it grew on me after a while. See? I, listen to, I, listen to, man. I listened to. I'm listening back to the episodes. I was like, oh, I cringed. No, it was a tune. Oh, I liked it. That was a tune. No, it was never. Maybe one. we should use that. No, we should. We're leading into things. Yeah, I no. think we should use that. No, never. Not I me. think we should put it to a vote. I the, think we are voted. Yeah. I'm psh, no. <laughs> <laughs> this is where she's gonna trump us now. Well, basically, no. That will never come back. Anyway, this is where we get into what you're watching, what you're wearing, what's got us chatting. So look, I got three options. I can't pick between them. So you look. Well, let's just try and get through as many as possible. But okay, quickly. first one was JLP. There's a presenter called JLP who's talking about women are sluts for having an orgasm and giving heads. I cannot. I haven't lined up the clip because I wasn't sure what we're going through. I don't know if you guys saw it. He literally, yeah. him, it's a new show on YouTube. Well, no, it's not even a new show. American presenter. He's actually a pastor, what I found out. His, nickname, his initials are JLP. I mean, I can Google and get some info on him quickly for me, but um, or if you want to know. But anyway, he was on a show, two white men and him and another black man talking nonsense. And they literally said that women who have orgasms are trying to be like men because women's orgasms are not real. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't yeah, sure if I it was satire. No, 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 it wasn't. They're deadly serious, man. They're serious. They were real. Yeah. yeah. Let I me mean, see. I mean, talk amongst yourself. Let me see if I can line up a little clip. I, I, I mean, I, I, I firstly really will say the reason why they've said this is because none of them have given a woman a, a real orgasm because that shit ain't fake. <laughs> if you've had, I thought, like, they were all lying. I, I swear, one of them was like, "No, when women do it, they're lying," and they were all no, kind they, of, yeah. yeah, yeah. They said that. They said they're lying, and it's not natural. And and they're women are uh, um they're trying to be like men. They said all of that. Honestly, why would you care though? Okay, so you don't feel it if you don't feel it. Like, wh why would you have an interest even to have an opinion on it? Like, I just, I really thought these men are, they're just weird. Because like, they're men that have like never. For a viral moment, I was like, this isn't real. They're, they're men that have never given a woman an orgasm. So they therefore, it must woman. be fake. Yeah, no, 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 that, I, I don't know. It was weird. I didn't believe them. I think that I think that they're just part of this growing movement of men that that just 
you know what I mean? Are just deeply misogynistic and they want to control women. It's just like this new, it's like there's a, there's like a rebirth of it. Do you know what I mean? Like, uh, and the, yeah, it's just, oh, it's just, it's just, it's just, it's just annoying really and truly that they, you know, that these platforms are created in a way that anyone can say whatever they want. Mm. Um, and there's nothing you can do about it, but they're clearly, clearly, Oppressing some shit. I, 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 do you know what I mean? Like, there's stuff going on there, and they've got small dicks, and they've never given a woman an orgasm. Yeah. No, basically, yeah. they're allowed to say what they want on their platform. I'm allowed to say that here. Yeah, no, definitely. We're not even gonna play the clip. It was long, but one was saying that any woman that is climaxing is becoming a man because it's not normal for women to do that. Another one of the guys said, "Right, I think it's a lie. I don't think they do that. I think it feels good, but the climaxing part, I'm not so sh- sure about that." The first man then feels he hasn't said enough on top of it. He says, okay, I don't even know if you're doing that or not, but don't even try. But it's na- if it's natural, you'd naturally do it. But the fact you're trying to make something happen, you're becoming a man. That's turning you into a male, a fake man, but a man, not a real man, a drag queen man. <laughs> a, third chat, a third person jumps in and says, one of the other guys says, it's a perversion. And then he also goes on to say, um, he also goes on to say that women giving oral sex is, is a problem. Um, I don't know what no, I don't know. they don't have any women really. Like you know, there's no, but they probably do. That's the thing. No, no, they're just a bunch of nerds who have never. Let me show. Uh, so then, what do they want? Do they want the woman to just sit there and be like this? But still, what is it that they're expecting? And who said who said that an orgasm is a male thing? Hold on, let me show you the guy. It's lack of education. Hold on. Hold on. Oh, God, I can't do it. I, I don't believe that they've ever had a woman before. All right, I've got I it. just don't believe they've had a woman that had an orgasm. Married. Are they ready? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Tom, OSS, men stuff, when do women do it to the men? Yeah, yeah. either way, I think it is. I had to, other uh, things, too. But. I had to correct you. It's not now doing. This is not now doing. This has been around oh, for a while. long time. This is them talking about oh. sex. And so, <laughs> was, new. and so... And this is Jesse Lee Patterson, the, the guy at the top that looked... I think Auntie Charlie said he looks like a fake black man. He does. I don't even think he's real. I don't think you ever had that done. But isn't that gross for a woman to do that to a man? I don't know how you trust them. I know. The man <laughs> could be diseased, could just finish with another woman, could be smelly after work. You know what I'm saying? I think growing up, it was never a second thought whether you, whether it was. I can't even because it's nonsense. Absolute nonsense. Um, yeah, that's full grown men. I, I don't think he's real. Look, he looked like you know, when like he looked like when they were um working on Mrs. Doubtfire and they were trying <laughs> to find her look with the prosthetics and everything. He looks like a character, and they all just look like a bunch of nerds who have absolutely never had a girlfriend. Though the one at the bottom looked like he was quite a good looking dude, but still, I think they're just a bunch of nerds. Boy, I don't know where they come from and what they're talking about. But anyway, any any young man, especially, seriously, first of all, actually to everybody, to any young girl who's being told that you're not your orgasms aren't real, or especially if a man's not making you climax, don't listen to him. Whether it's young boys telling you, or uh, if you're growing up and you're having a relationship and you haven't been able to find your orgasm, orgasm, don't listen to the man that's telling you that you're not supposed to. Seriously, don't. and guys watching this, these guys are not telling the truth. Women's orgasm is real, and when you make a woman do it. You'll know. It's actually needed for reproduction. 
the sperm actually moves up faster if a woman does climax and it's a better environment for the sperm to travel. Like there is actually like a reason for everything that takes place in your body. Actually, especially when you're trying to have a child and you're doing it mechanically, it becomes it's as important for the woman to climax as it is for the man for the sperm to be released so that it actually gets sucked up properly and it's in a really good environment for the sperm to travel to get to the egg. It's like it's not for no reason whatsoever. It's actually an essential tool to the human body and we need it for various things to release stress, to have our, our hormones running freely as well. It's like it's an essential part to our body's functioning. It's not something that just happens. We need it for the same reasons that they need it and all of the reasons that you just said, Auntie Anna. And men need to stop trying to control women's bodies. This is no different to man trying to be in the room when you're giving birth and you don't want them there. They're trying to control or or deciding if you can have your pregnancy or not have your pregnancy or if there should be contraception or not contraception or if your dress is too short or too long. It's just another form of control. We have orgasms. They're fucking great. And what? Deal with it. These men are just trying to control women and get us back to the dark ages. And they just all need to be quiet. And that's that. You know what? That's exactly what it is. Yeah. Also, the fact they said said, um, trying is because that exposes him that you don't know how to work it out. So you're finding it really difficult. Because the fact that every man that's banging is trying to come. Do you get me? So you are trying. Everyone tries to get to that point. You have to try. Because you got you don't just sit there. And, well, some people might just ejaculate for no reason, but there's an element of effort that goes into getting to the point. You can't. Okay, next thing. Next thing. Um, there was a discussion about um, colorism. It's an old video that resurfaced on a, one of the Instagram platforms, and it had a black man talking about saying actually that black men continue colorism. Um, it's, you know, colorism being continued is because of black men. And there's lots of back and forth. But there are a few comments, and I think we've had people commenting before on, our, on when we talk about colorism, that actually a lot of mums and grandmas are colorists too. But people tend to be, as usual, reluctant to talk about women because I think because we go through so much, and it's similar to the black conversation, we go through so much, we don't like holding ourselves accountable. So I wanted to know if we could have a discussion solely about where women are going wrong when it comes to colorism. There's so much other stuff we can explore, but colorism alone, have you ever experienced colorism at the hands of a black woman? Um, who wants to go first? Auntie Charlotte, I'm so reluctant. <laughs> I think he's gonna come. I'm trying to hide. Um, have I experienced? Yes, I've experienced colorism at hands of black women. Um, well, what would you like? What would you want to say? Oh, yeah, because. Because I think we, we say, we, I've definitely always said that colorism is held by black men. However, there's definitely black women who perpetrate colorism. And can we have a conversation about black women? What, I guess it's what black women can do to stop it or what, I, I don't know. The, the thing is, because it's a product of like white supremacy and stuff, like it's very hard to kind of like stop because it's so ingrained in our society. Do you know what I mean? It's ingrained in society as a whole. And it's ingrained in our, you know, our pocket of society too. Do you know what I mean? So I think it's very, it's very difficult. I think the reasons, like the the, the if I think about early experiences, um, it was just used as a tool just to try and I don't know break me as a child or something. Do you know what I mean? Like uh, it just 
but I guess in a sense, I, I personally just rejected it because I looked so much like my dad and he was my idol. So like it didn't, it didn't really, I just, I thought, oh, this is a lie. Do you know what I mean? But I think the reverse of that, which I don't think I've ever spoken about actually, um, or spoken much about, is that for a long time, didn't trust light-skinned people. Didn't trust them at all because because of the the person that inflicted this on me was light, and then the other people that um, perpetrated also were also light. It made me think, okay, this is what light-skinned people are about. Do you know what I mean? Until mm. I think, like my youngest brother. Um, yeah, I was a bit like, nah. That's, do you know what I mean? That's 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 scary over there. Do you know what I mean? So I di- I didn't associate that with pos- anything positive for 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 a while, to be honest. Um, and I had to, you know, you know, going to secondary school. I think my my best friend there was mixed race. Do you know what I mean? So that kind of like changed all of that. Just like, okay, yeah, it's not it's not everybody. <laughs> it's just that kind of situation. Um, yeah. But yeah, but I think I've, I don't know if. Um, I don't know if that's common. I, I really don't know. But for me, definitely, there was like a sense of uh, fear and also like like just just associating it with with negativity, kind of thing. It didn't. It didn't. It didn't. It wasn't like a positive experience. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah, that's my auntie Nano. Yeah. Um, I, I I think. I'm trying to think of all of the various different ways colorism has presented itself in my life. It's probably equal amounts, male and female, but there's a a particular female that it's always come from and they're generally older. It's generally like from, so not the aunties like us, the, the, they would fall on the, the could never side. It's like an older auntie who was usually like using a skin lightening cream and there was it's it's like a systematic kind of trying to break down your confidence so where in my household color wasn't a thing we're all dark skin and it was just like you are so beautiful it wasn't until kind of mixing a little bit more that it became a thing of oh my shade is a problem for people and then my confidence in my shade is a problem for people. And then you learn about skin lightening creams and what they're trying to go against. And so you see how they'll say comments. Like I remember being in one auntie's house and she was just like to another girl, oh my God, you're so, you're so beautiful. Your shade is so nice. Like that's what I try and get. And I'm sitting there looking at her like, your daughter is as dark as me. And what you said is disgusting. But I wish it was now where I could literally say that to her because I feel like I'm an auntie too. And yeah, you may be 30 years older than me, but I have, I'm more confident within myself to say what you're actually saying is thoroughly disgusting and you hate yourself is why you're bleaching yourself. But I kind of sat there just like, wow what a disgusting thing to say, but kept it in. And then there was the kind of, <laughs> kind of off-putting laugh. And there's a, there's a lot of that. There's a lot of kind, 
you see like the pecking order with people and and that generally comes from an older generation but it filters through and i always think when people pick on or target black men i don't think it's in isolation i think when you really speak to that man you'll find out that his mum or his aunties or his family setting is very much like do not bring a dark skin girl to this house it's never in isolation it, it's enforced from so many different directions but a lot of the time a dark-skinned mum is also there being like don't, don't bring a dark-skinned girl here or if you do there's more praise when a lighter skin girl comes along or a white girl like they so then you know you learn this that oh this is more favored this is the favored skin tone and then they keep that going so i do think there is definitely a lot that we can discuss, but it, it's hard because it's usually people that you also love as well. It is your mum, it's your aunties, it's people that you love that do it, that keep it going. And we, we don't really kind of speak about the toxicity of women. We really don't. And especially mothers. We don't really go down that road. But I do think the you know, colorism is just an offshoot of racism and it's internalised and a lot of women keep it going. And they make sure that their sons also keep it going as well. Auntie Farah. Um, can you ask a question again? Have I experienced colorism? I think... From the hands of a woman. At the, hand, at the yeah, it's... I mean, obviously, my experience is going to be different to all three of yours, isn't it? Yeah. Or it's going to be... It's all, if it's not different, it's going to be interpreted different to all three of yours because I'm of a lighter hue to the rest of you however I will say these points there was a woman in my family who once well family family like in law who asked me if I was bleaching once so I've had that um clearly I'm not into bleaching and I think that anyone that bleaches you obviously need to go and address and get therapy and have all that stuff so I've had that before there is a definite thing with the older generation where They've seen, they say certain things and I've had to check them. Like my grand most definitely has said some things and I've had to check her because it's like, that's not right. I'm not promoting that. Don't say that shit in front of my kid. Don't say that shit in front of my niece. Don't say that shit. Like, you know, I'm not promoting that. Um, but that is like Auntie Nana said, the ne the generations, like a couple generations above us. It's not like our age group. It's the grannies and them sort of people. Um so those are my experiences. For me personally, in my family, it's never been a thing of you can't bring a dark skinned girl home or it, that hasn't come from the women because the majority of my family are darker skinned people. So it's never been a, like it, 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 in actual fact, I always wanted to be and I don't think I've ever vocalized this before, but I always wanted to be darker skinned because I was always like teased about being yellow. And I don't think I'm yellow, but I, there was that kind of thing of oh, you're not you know, you're not dark enough, that kind of thing. So I don't think I've ever truly expressed that. So for me, it was the opposite. I wasn't happy with the the complexion that I was at. And I think that's something that isn't spoken about as well. Um, so it, it, it does go both ways. It can go both ways. I was never quite comfortable. So um, it's, yeah, but this it's never been a thing in my family, on both sides of my family, where it's like, you have to bring home a lighter skinned person or that lighter skinned person is celebrated because they're lighter skinned. As I said, my gran and those people definitely would make comments, but not if you, not 
if who you chose to bring home was a certain hue, it was more of, oh, look at the child. She looks like this or they look like that or they're, they're almost, oh, look at them. They're so great or so beautiful because they're that. And I'd be like, no, that's not the case. So I think those are my experiences of colorism. I have also um, been in the Caribbean and heard children saying stuff about lighter skinned people. And I've had to check them and say, no, you're beautiful too. Like we come in all shades and all of this, sort of, you know, all that kind of stuff. I, I make sure that my daughter is aware that we come in all, all shades and no one is better than no one shade is better than the other shade and that we have to celebrate and recognize flaws in terms of when people try to say that this is a thing and make sure that people understand that we we are all equal and you know that kind of stuff but I want her to also recognize that if someone says something she can hold them accountable for what it is that they've said so yeah I don't know if that answers your question but those are my experiences and how I feel about what's happened to me yeah no it's fair um it's uh I would say it is also the family settings and environments and people, random people in the family. I think I remember, I know for sure of my sister's generation, so she's in her 50s now, when she came from Ghana, it was like skin success was the cream that all her and her friends used. And it wasn't a thing where saying that you should use it, but it was like, no, well, use it. If your skin's got, you've got rashes, use skin success. And I was all like, but I was aware that's bleaching creams. I was like, no, I'm not going to use that, thanks. But um, and I never ever got the vibe that my sister wanted to be lighter, but she used Skin Success Cream. But she always spoke about having, and she had beautiful, smooth skin, and she's dark, and she never, her shade never changed. I never thought, I have no, I don't know, we've never had that conversation, so I don't know if she ever wanted to be, but I just knew that Skin Success was bleaching cream or had proximity to bleaching cream. Um, I remember working somewhere and having the person that I worked with make comments about. Um, uh, making comments about people that ca- making comments about text ha- yeah oh fuck it worked in a hairdresser's <laughs> and I remember the person that I worked with made comments about um, hair textures and I remember I remember that person saying that everyone wants to have mixed race textured hair and I was like no because I remember I always wanted Shaka Khan hair, even and I suppose I think in those days I was aware that it was a wig. I'm not sure. I wanted Rudy's hair from Cosby Show. I never ever worried about having ringlet hair or anything like that. I just wanted long hair, but the texture, as long as it was soft, and if it was Afro, I didn't care. I knew that's what grew, would grow out of my head. So I wanted my hair to be like Rudy's from Cosby Show. But I remember we kind of, and we always had that kind of slight tension because I felt there was an element of. Yeah, I, maybe I'll step away from that. But anyway, I felt it in working in that hairdressers, there were time, women, especially the time when Alec Weck was on the cover of Pride, mm. that groundbreaking cover, that caused divide in the women's hairdressers that I worked in. And I remember someone distinctly saying, she doesn't represent me. And that person was lighter skinned. And I remember feeling so hurt because the person said it was such venom. that, And because I was like, oh my God, it's amazing. You know, it's amazing. Some people say it was amazing. Some people were like, oh no, that's just like, why is she on the cover? There was such big divide from women it was so, and I think it was a holding a mirror up to them and confront them having to confront confront their issues. That Alec Wick was on the front of this magazine, and there was so much discourse about it. Mm. Uh, that was a woman environment. I remember having an older generation see my friend's baby who was light skinned saying, "Oh, you're so beautiful. You should have been a girl." And I was like, "Don't ever say that crap around my child." Um, and I remember it also being in a family setting and 
someone beelining for the lighter skinned children saying, oh my gosh, so beautiful. And you've got a bunch of dark skinned children standing there. But you just, and you didn't, you didn't, you, it was so unconscious that you just literally were like, oh my God, she's so beautiful. And you've got other kids that are just standing there, literally. So I, 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 I yeah, so I have definitely, and yes, the pecking order thing, especially in schools and groups, who would get more attention by default, the leader of the pack might sometimes be the lighter skin person. And it's a subconscious that maybe everyone kind of gravitates towards the lighter skin and pretty, not necessarily light skin just for being light skin. It could be also that you're pretty as well. And I, I definitely can't say that. I definitely grew up around, I had lots of dark skin girls. I'm like, oh my God, you're amazing. You're beautiful. So it wasn't necessarily that, but there was also that diamond in amongst the thing that people would kind of gravitate to the light skin girl in the room. Um, so yeah, so yeah, that's that's. I think that's my experiences. But I definitely think women do have it, and I think it's. I remember a, a woman that used to come to the hairdressers, and I remember she was like, "No, I'm getting my white man. I want my kids to be mixed race." And she said it unapologetically. She was dark skinned so I don't care. I want my kids to be light skinned and have um, yeah, mixed race babies. She was honest like that. And no, I'm not going for what I'm going through. Mixed race babies, and so th- th- there was a common com- conversation like that. So yeah, interesting. See, I've never heard anybody actively say that mm. but I'm sure it's a thing but nobody's ever I, I've only ever heard of the brown babies thing from like when I was in school more of my white friends would I was going to say the same thing it would be something that they would say like and I would always think do you think I'm going to be like yeah like you know it's just weird it's like that's such a weird thing to say do you think I'm going to champion you from being like yeah I'm going to have a black boyfriend because I want brown babies like that uh, that to me is just weird but yeah they would mm. They would say it, but I haven't um, had a black woman say that in front of me before. But I know it would be a thing because I think, I always think I definitely got quite an easy ride compared to other people that I would like speak to. And and the things that they went through, the, the, the definite tauntings in their life experience is like, yeah, you had it a lot harder than I did. And I still sometimes would be like it. There were so there's so many unnecessary instances where you can be like, rah, that was literally just a slight because I'm dark. But it's almost it's almost like racism. It's it was the same thing, isn't it? Sometimes it's such a microaggression, you're almost like, I can't even say anything about this because it's gonna be like I have a chip on my shoulder. But then you watch the interactions with other people and it's like, I, I know you did that specifically on tone. You did it because you think you can. And it's it's those things that I totally understand, Sade, that that mistrust that you can have. And I definitely think when I got to secondary school, having two best friends that were mixed race actually really dispelled the colour bar of things because it's like, I love them. They're my sisters. So it it took it away from oh, as a dark-skinned person, I should just hang with the dark-skinned people because they're all going to understand it. It really, it it kind of separated that. But I understand in some schools that I've worked in when I was working in schools, you would see all of the dark-skinned girls were together and all of the light-skinned girls were together. And it was just all about self-preservation. Because there's so much tension between the two. It's like, you're just trying to preserve getting through your teenage years. And so you're going to hang with this one. You're going to hang with that one. And it, it... it really is disgu- disgusting to witness because it's like, this is so, it's from nothing. And we've carried this on for generations yeah. and kept ourselves separated 
through bullshit. Really. I really think I've been quite fortunate in my school, like my, all my school years, because I've always had friends from from different, in, you know, environments in terms of like socially in their how they live, and also I've had dark skinned friends, I've had light skinned friends, I've had mixed race friends, I've always I've had white friends. I've always been pretty much in a bubble around people of everything. So I feel like because of that, I never had the experience where I would see. Oh, there's you know, that segregation. I never had that, and this is—I I mean, from primary school, from like being in in nursery, I never ever had that segregation. Um, but I will definitely say that the one thing that I did—I was aware of—and this was more in college—I was aware of that mixed race thing. Of you know, there was that there was that look that guys tended to go for. I was more aware of that than amongst my black sisters. Yeah. You know, the, there was definitely a thing of guys wanted a, a mixed race girl with mixed race hair who looked of that kind of complexion and not a mixed race girl that looked black either. Like no. a, yeah. a, you know. Definitely in West London, that was just huge. Like, yeah, it's either a mixed race or Moroccan. Yeah, that, like, exactly. Exactly. Hair, that was such a, you know where I'm coming from. That's yeah, the desired that. look. Like, yeah, yeah. Yes, definitely. It was definitely that. So I, I was quite fortunate in my, as I said, in my school years, my my um, my younger years of having lots of different people around me. And because my family represents that as well, it was never a thing to me where I thought you're better than this one and you're better than that one. Or, it, yeah, I think I was quite fortunate to have that. I must say that. Go on, Shelley. No, I was just going to say that. I did. I have... Um obviously other friends as well and um she has she I remember when she was younger um she had the same feelings as what you mentioned Auntie Farah in terms of like just wanting to be darker because like on the, she she's often confused as being mixed and she isn't and it was like it was just like this ongoing thing that she wanted to be dark so as soon as the sun was out like she's turn into like turning oil that's <laughs> like trying to get as dark as possible so I think like as as much as I had that negativity at home like my friends like it wasn't like that do you know what I mean it was mm. almost like my skin's home was the aspiration do you know what I mean so just done yeah. this weird kind of like reverse thing there and then um and then also what was I gonna say ah, okay, what was I gonna say Sorry, go for it. Um, I was going to say similarly that I, I always had, I mean, growing up, going to school in Wimbledon, as I always talk about, white friends and mixed race friends and black friends. So, it was, yeah, it was a rainbow of colours in my in my friendship group. And it wasn't, it's, it is, it's interesting the learned behaviour because the insecurities kick in hormone times, hormonal times. And then when you get to secondary school, then you leave in secondary school. It's in college is when college and when I worked in a hairdresser, the hairdressers was a was a, a a whole world of experience in regards to hair, especially through hair textures and things like that those conversations and in college starting to understand the different tribes and groups I mean that's college where I actually understood about different Caribbean countries because for me everyone was Jamaican and yeah. maybe one other <laughs> And I says like, but it's it's true. Like literally, it's I, I so know you mad, but yeah. No, I'm, so, I'm laughing because it's I get like, it. It's, it's like it's even even, I would say the same thing about Africans. Yeah, exactly. I would definitely say the same things about Africans. You're yeah. even Nigerian, or the, I don't even know if I knew a lot of Ghanaians before I went to college. It was like you're Nigerian. That's yeah. it. So, so I get it. I get it. And I did like the same thing. And even on my own continent, I didn't even know half the countries. You know what I mean? I just 
didn't have that knowledge. And it's only when you start to grow up and where these divisions come in. And it is the insecurities of girls. I think my daughter went through bullying and stuff. And it is girls who, if you don't, and as we say, we don't resolve your issues in those times. Because I, I still remember my insecurities from school that probably still carry on through today. So if you don't resolve those things in school, and that's where the divisions and lines are drawn, those are, you become mothers who exact that onto your kids, don't you? Right? If you haven't healed your stuff. Because, I mean, there was lots of my daughters criticised for being pretty or for not relaxing her hair, for having potentially a big nose and all these type of things. And that dynamic and it's how boys paying, whoever paid who attention from the boys side of things, those are the people that either were elevated or brought down, depending on what whether you were a bad girl or not. Do you know what I mean? And then that's the women. Then the girls started to align and divide and set, set, set their territories. The hairdressers the hairdresser was very interesting. I remember... I always feel guilty. So I talk about it because I feel guilty and ashamed that there was a, a I think she, I think there was two beautiful Nigerian sisters who used to come to the hair salon. Nigerian or Ghanaian? I can't remember. I'll say they're Ghanaian just for um, claiming sake. But they used to come in with long, thick hair. You used to get it relaxed. Um, and I remember one time, I think the first time I saw them, Oh, was it? Sorry, I might, might be mixing up the girl. It was a girl on her own. She had natural hair and her hair was about here, about here, and was super thick, like this real hair, really thick. And she came to get it blow dried. I remember everyone was like, oh my God, is that your hair? But there was an element of, you're African and you're dark skin. How have you got that hair? And I remember being also like, oh my God. And the thing is, I knew black girls with thick Afro hair, but that I bought into the doctrination that, especially if you're African, you had picky, tough hair that would never grow. So seeing this black girl, I was like, I was more, and I always feel guilty because I was like, oh my God, I can't believe it. And I remember I was assigned to do her hair and I always, and she kind of had a, like a resigned look on her face. And maybe, I don't know, I might be projecting. I always felt like she was like, you too, you fucking idiot. We, we, what, you should know, but you're still doing what everyone else is doing. Um, mm. And I felt, I felt, I always feel bad for that. But yeah, people were really like, oh my God, how could you have that hair? It had an element of you have got that hair. <laughs> I, I know like, what I was going to say now. Um, so what I was going to say is like having mixed race friends and then also having light skin friends, it really opens my eye. And this is not necessarily colour. I don't know if it, where it falls in the colorism conversation, but like the trophyism of them was insane. Like it was just insane. And like having, obviously it's your friends. So you're, you're, you're hearing it from their point of view. Like, do you know what I mean? Like this guy only wants me because I'm light. Do you know what I mean? Or if I look a certain way or, or my hair's a certain way. And it's just like, that was really, you know, and obviously from quite young, it was just like, okay, it's not always, this this desirability that everyone's talking about, it's just like, uh, nah, it's not what it cracks up to be. There's yeah. a dark side of that. So yes. I, that that kind of, again, like reinforced that that's not an aspiration. For, do you know what I mean? Like, I, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not sitting there wishing to be something that I'm not because yeah. the grass ain't greener. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. It was yeah. just that, yeah, it was, it was, that was really difficult. Even with one of my sisters, constant harassment, con- like just constant harassment, just being called like, on it's called yellow all the time. Mm-hmm. Like just, we couldn't, go, we couldn't go, to, we couldn't even take the trolley that I hated and go and get right, like, do you know what I mean? Without constant harassment, like it was just absolutely insane. And I don't know. I, I think that other girls saw that and thought that she thought she was too nice. Yeah, that's the that. thing. Yeah, and it's just like she's not asking for that attention. Do you know what I mean? And she's just getting it, whether it's like from guys her age or older or whatever kind of thing. That's not her fault. 
So it definitely ingrained like a, a, a empathy and a sympathy um, and an understanding from a young age. Like you can't just hate on someone because they're like, it doesn't, you don't, you, do you know what I mean? There's more to it than that. Really. that it works both ways. Like it's yeah. wrong to hate on both ways. Exactly. You know, there's shit happening both parts. Exactly. I, I think that's like extremely important because again, that side of things isn't really spoken about. But it's actually really, it's very valid. And, and probably the only person that I've seen in recent times speak about it online is Mavanwe. Actually, the whole thing of being the desirable Black isn't what it's cracked up to be because it's not for you. There's a perception of who you should be. And when you fall short of that, that the repercussions of that are actually like very detrimental. There, there, there's violence and there is crushing blows to who you are because there's so much abuse and you should be this person that I thought you was and you should look this way and you should be this type of female and it's like no there's so many things that go into that and we really don't go into that whole thing of trophyism as well because it's not real it's just a fetishization of women and if you have that look there is a definite hounding that was so prevalent when we were teenagers, like just walking yeah. down the street yeah, definitely. and cars going off and yeah. men being really rough and just like, oh, I can touch you. And it's just like, no, that it's actually quite carnival. Yeah, carnival. carnival I remember being a teenager in carnival and the way they would treat some of my friends, like my mixed race friends or the lighter skinned friends, it was just disgusting. And it would, it got to the point where I actually didn't like to go to carnival anymore because of the the way that they would treat people. That's what I'm saying, it becomes dangerous. And it is like, Mm -hmm. there's one thing when you think of old music videos, and usually that's what's bounded about when people talk about colorism and everything else, but it's, there's a violence that's done to dark skinned women. And there also is a violence that is done to light skinned women as well. Yeah, both. We don't talk about the scales of this that actually, it's just so detrimental to all people involved in this because it is a form of racism. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it, it is disgusting. You said and it, it's detrimental. It's how it internalise it towards each other as well. Yeah, they, they pick on each, each other together, like against each other. That's what it does. But that's that was the tool. That was the thing. Yeah. That's why it's mm-hmm. so frustrating that this is still continuing because yeah. that was one of the tools that they use, divide and conquer. It's yeah. not us. We didn't invent it. I'm not saying that we're not responsible for how it is now. We most definitely are. And there's ways that it's being perpetuated by our own people. But people need to fucking understand where it came from. But then it's so tall. So I suppose because like one time I was in a hairdressing, sh- in a, sorry, one time I was in a hair shop, and this woman walked in, and she went straight to ask for cream, and she had two kids with her, and I felt so annoyed. And I was thinking, I mean, I I, I just felt stressed with her, and I was like, what are you doing? You're showing your son that you don't like your skin color. Your daughter, mm-hmm. both your kids are dark skin as well. So yeah. what are you showing your kids? You're showing your daughter insecurity, and you're showing your son that you don't like what it is, and so the dark skin that you've got isn't right. So then, and I really wanted to say something, but I would have probably got my face boxed off. <laughs> um, so it's like, it's not my business. But how do we, in our circles, address it? Because And it's to women. Because women, we, we can be defensive too. And we definitely don't like to be called out and told about ourselves. Like, remember, you, like, Auntie Nana, you were saying that you wish you were of age to tell Auntie, like, who are you talking to, what you're saying, what you're saying is wrong. But how yeah. do we then address it between women to women? If you, how do we call it out for women? What do you mean? So, like, what? Well, obviously, that's how we address it when we notice it. Because, like, 
it's easier to definitely call it out now because we're adults, I guess. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I think like in terms of what I actively do is definitely be present. I know that sounds like a basic thing, but do you know what I mean? But just definitely be visible that I'm like confident in myself and I'm not like apologetic in any sort of way kind of thing. And I'm 100% proud of my blackness and making sure that is known to any young person around me. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like that, you know, if, if they if they're displaying thoughts of like feeling less than then do you know what I mean like just just challenging that and kind of trying to get them to think differently you know like it's it's very it's 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 like a it's like an ongoing daily thing like obviously we have um not obviously but we have like a page like natural star story and stuff like it's you know though it's hair focused we do try to um, tend to focus a lot on 4c hair which tend generally is like darker skin people have 4c 4c hair i'm speaking in very general terms um but like it is it do you know what i mean like it, it, it that's one of the things that we do like creating platforms that promote you know and like really focus on um you know the positivity of of dark skin the majority of people in the world are dark skin aren't they do you know what i mean yeah. so they should be they should be prevalent more and I just think like if you've got a platform or whatever you're doing that you should try and and push whatever cause it is that you believe in forward really and truly I I, I think I think exactly that and it's an individual thing like I can't I can't change the generation before because they've been through what they've been through and for all intents purposes I think most people have these prejudices to survive and that's all they know it's, it, i don't think it's really it, it's as malicious as i think this is the best course for my family to go through for the least pain i think it's from that angle where colorism is continued so as soon as you know better you should do better i think for most parents it's just really important especially as a dark-skinned mother that my boys see that I'm proud of myself they see my natural hair they they are surrounded by lots of different types of black women that, that that's a that's a thing for them to see and there isn't like a a hierarchy or a pecking order and th- as we have in our house it's just like any black person that comes on on tv you're rooting for them like that's an important thing if we're watching a game show who you support in the black team? It's like it's it's a constant. What you watch in the black program is just Snap. we're always having that as a thing. That it's like we are for these people because they're a part of our family, and you keep that going, and and you try and keep them away from people who you know hate themselves yeah. as much as you can. And it's like, and sometimes that's family members, and you just limit the amount of time that they spend. You're with absolutely them because, right. They're going to say some shit. They're probably going to be like, oh, you know, black people, they do this. Like that type of talk. Like you can't trust a black man. All all of my family members that will say things like that, we spend very little time with them. You just got to try from where you start and and hope. I hope that my boys carry it forward and they do the same with their kids. Cool. Let's get the comments. Okay, um, so, um, okay, I'll do a few comments from the first conversation. Um, so, Nee says, just turned into here, Uncle Farah say they've got small dicks, <laughs> small tits, 
and they've never given a girl orgasm. <laughs> I'll explain this one to the children. Um, and Antoinette says, definitely small dick men can't give women an orgasm and have dicks so small no one wants to give them head. No woman wants to give them head anyway. <laughs> um, <laughs> they can't find it. <laughs> um, to our coloring, uh, colorism conversation, um, Nicola says, people often um, throw away comments I uh, often used to hear where you're dark but pretty. And I know someone who actually said they wanted a specific guy because they wanted a good head baby. Monica says, I remember finding out that a really good friend of mine years ago said, Monica only had that baby because she wanted a light-skinned baby. I was very hurt, more because she was my friend. Also, I thought she actually, she was actually my son's godmother. I can't even go into the conversation about my second child. Um, Antoinette says, I, I think I've been like Auntie Farah, never saw this divide between darker and light skinned folk in my circles. There is about 59 shades of black and I love every one of them. Um, Nicola says, I think that this conversation was less likely to be having pub in a public forum 20 years ago, but mm -hmm. now the movement um, towards self-love and appreciation for one's individual talents has given us language and words to express these things more effectively. In addition, um, products and services like Love Yaya Clothing and others have helped move the And Ronald says, I'm sorry <laughs> that I've joined the show so late today. I've never heard colorism comments from other guys. They only come from girls and women. I've never heard of bleaching cream until I was an adult. I don't think that black American women use it very much. I don't know, know anyone who did. Okay. It, may, it might be your circle, but I definitely know that it was used. It was a conversation that's been the yeah, African Americans have used. For sure. I would say probably a good eighty percent of artists that are yeah. out in America at the moment use bleaching creams. Yeah, yeah, wow. a lot of, yeah, one hundred. Yeah. You know, I didn't know about them things growing up, but then I guess maybe because I was around light skinned people, maybe I don't know. But, might be that. Yeah, maybe, but I, I, bleaching cream was a thing, man. Trust me, like yeah. you do. But from from my perspective, more cussing you if you use bleaching cream. Look at that yeah. girl. Look, she bleaches. Why is her face one color and her hands are another color? Yeah, yeah. it was so more that thing. Yeah. No one got props for bleaching. Yeah, yeah. it's always yeah. like, I what think are you doing? Yeah, like, public culture. Used it. Absolutely not. Public culture was cussing, but then I knew that the aunties were using it. It was a weird like split worlds. Um, I was going to go, I want to go back to the people saying small dick guys. You don't need to stop talking about small dick guys. It's not them, it's the big dick guys that think just because their dick's big, they don't have to make any effort. They're the dangerous ones as well. <laughs> Let them off. We, everyone's like, that's why big dick men think they're big, big power. It's, they're the ones who sit there. It's both. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> like, they, 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 stop <laughs> letting them off the hook. Them big guys. So they feel like they have to make effort. They just stand there, my dick's big. So they have to move. That's all they think is like, bam, and break your womb. And they think, <laughs> <laughs> this is a bit, it's a bit passionate, no? <laughs> no, because people always go um, small dick as a cuss, but it's the mm. big dicks that get away with doing lazy dick actions. Mm. <laughs> I'm not talking about No, it's true, it's true. It's different everything. It's true. Oh, man, today. Yeah, you, this, whatever you've got, 
you just got to know how to use it. That's my yeah. point. It's because like little dick guys will make up for it. I haven't experienced either. I'm just mm. saying that they will. Some of them are more self aware. Where the big dicks, they're the ones that are like yeah, well, anyway, anyway, anyway. Oh, okay. good. <laughs> <laughs> Um, just one more comment real quick. Um, he says, I remember one morning my aunt came into my cousin's bedroom who is dark skin and told her to use this cream, which was bleaching cream. My cousin outrightly said no and told my mum she liked her colour. Go on. People are fighting back. Definitely. Man, oh, my God. I can't even imagine if I had a story like that. Like, that is so... Oh, it's, it's heartbreaking. Yeah, but man. Then, I do think that is done out of a, you're probably going to have an easier time if you just mm. use this cream. I don't think it's done out of total malice. It's a yeah. No, I hear, uh, yeah, I hear you. Yeah, I don't think it's malice. I just think it is um, that. Let, yeah. Yeah. Uh, as I said, Ronald, Big Dick Energy. Now, let me tell you something about Big Dick Energy. That's a <laughs> signal that they give out. Big Dick Energy is a signal. It's a bat signal, as Auntie Anna likes to call it. That's fine. Big Dick Energy is fine. If you can back it, that's all. Because oh, wow. <laughs> little dick men can get... I think you need a whole show on this. You, 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 you just need a show talking about dick energy, okay? Would you have big dick energy if you couldn't back it, though? Yes, I guys do. Standard. Sometimes those people are the worst. The ones that the most. You can have big dick energy if you can't back it. That, no, it's, 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 it's whatever, <laughs> whatever air you give off. Because I, I so then you wouldn't have big dick energy. No, it's, I disagree. You can. You no. could just have a, a big dick that has a big print in grey tracksuit bottom. That's not, that's not big dick energy. And, yeah, and then you can just have the It's a like, confidence. It's a, it's a vibe, like 100% no. Like, so that, that's why it's. And when you throw it down, you throw it down. Magnetize, magnetizing. That's okay. Auntie Shade, I kind of know where you're going because I see what you're saying. There's the only there's only those who have the big dick and have everything aligned. All the stars are aligned. So that and then you just not, and then you're not disappointed. It's, it is what it is. Yeah, okay, there's that. But most people don't necessarily only have big dicks. Some people, <laughs> some people have average sized dicks. Yeah, no, yeah, have big dick yeah, energy, big energy, and they can have big dick energy. Yeah, yeah. because yeah. of what they're dealing with. Yeah, because they know how to throw down. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's it. No, I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. Yeah, I get that. There are people who can fake it and can fall. Those ones get gone. Okay. All right. Yes, okay. Auntie Carla. <laughs> <laughs> now it's time to, for you guys to let me know what's made you sad, mad, glad. And guys in the comments, get involved. What's made you sad, mad, and glad this week? Um, in order. Oh, it's me. Oh, it's me first today. Okay. What's made me sad, mad, and glad this week? It, well, first of all, sad slash nostalgic. So basically, the other day, I was at the bus stop. Um, on the way to the... Anyway, um, I was at the bus stop, and I saw a schoolgirl emptying out her school bag because it was full of crisp, crisp crumbs. And it just made me really sad and nostalgic for the days of back in the day when I used to... When, I don't know if you guys used to, I'm sure you guys used to do that. You know, you used to hide your food or your, whatever you weren't supposed to be eating in class. And sometimes it'd be a big packet of crisps and you're trying to share it with your friends and people are being grabalicious and the, gra- the bag might break and you've got crisps all up in your bag. It just made me feel very reminiscent and sad of the days of school. And I was always the one that had some sort of snack in my bag and my bag definitely was always filled with food, food crumbs of some sort of um, nonsense snacks. It just, made, it just was really funny looking at it. She was really tipping out her bag and shaking out all the crisps that had fallen out in her bag. Um, mad, because I was walking down mind my own business, I noticed Cuckoo Spit. Who knows? Do you remember Cuckoo Spit? 
Do you know what the goose bit is? Basically, do you not remember? I can push it. This is something in in bushes. It's something I knew from when I was young. In bushes, they used to be like white. It looked like people had spat in the bushes. Like little foam balls of foam in bushes, and inside that foam was a little caterpillar or something. Why in bushes? What? <laughs> I don't know why that. No, I wasn't in bushes. You're walking past and you can see it. Not oh, okay. inside a bush. Auntie Shade. No, I wasn't inside I a bush. I have no idea what you're talking about. No. Oh, my no. God. I know about tree worms, but I don't know no. what you're talking about. Yeah, tree worms. Fuck, bun a tree worm. Cuckoo spit. And I, I don't know why it was called cuckoo spit. I'm going to get, once you lot do your mad, I'm going to Google it and try and find it. I noticed it on a bush as I was walking the other day. And I was like, I don't want to ever see It's just nasty. Um, and it just made me mad because I don't want to notice it. And I noticed it. I will find a picture to show you a lot. And okay. my glad is that I've started going to the gym and I've been committed to going to the gym. I'm really excited because I'm back in the gym. Really happy with myself and very proud of myself. And that's why I was on the bus. I didn't want to spoil my surprise that I'm going to the gym. I was on the bus on the way to the gym and I've been going in the mornings before work. I'm so, so proud of myself. And that's it. And, um, sorry, quickly, I've been doing Peloton. Peloton's bad. When I did my first Peloton ride, though, I got on it. I literally, two seconds I got on it. And this um, lovely white lady said to me, oh, my God, she was American. She's like, oh, my God, you've got to go to this girl. And so she picked out a, a woman who um, was a white person, Latina, just by the by. So she was like, yeah, she does hip hop classes. So the woman felt she told me, like, pick this instructor because she does hip hop classes. And I don't know if you like it, but you like the hip hop classes. And I felt really compelled to pick this woman because she was breathing down my shoulder like, oh, my God, she's amazing. She's great. You're going to love her. And I did the class. And. She was very like, yo, yeah, hip hop. Oh my God. And she was everything that you know, someone like me would be irritated by. <laughs> it was so stereotypical. And then I didn't know she was Latina until she said, you know, my abuela used to do this. And oh my God, this is the jam. And, and I was like, I will never do this class again. I have found Alex Toussaint and there's a black girl the other day that did an Usher class. Really great. Um, but it was just very interesting that this woman felt the need to tell me to do the hip hop class with this woman that was very performative in her hip hopness. It's very funny. But anyway, going Jim. Auntie Farah, what's made you sad, mad and glad? The length of that story, not really. Sorry. I couldn't help it. This makes me quitting fire, fire, fire. You're the one that says it. What's made me mad is Thomas Markle. He's come out again and he's talking to talk and he's saying about how um, Prince Harry and uh, Meghan Markle were, were manipulated while they were vulnerable on the Oprah interview. So clearly he's after some money right now. His funds are low. That made me mad. What made me sad is that yesterday marked the fourth year anniversary of the Grenfell tragedy that happened in West London when the, the building and uh, 72 people died. Um, that made me sad. And what's made me glad is the sun spending time with my family in the sun and the sun and the fun. And me and my daughter went to Chesterton on Sunday and that was fun in the sun on the Aww. rides, even though I kind of suffered afterwards because I forgot about my neck. But yeah, cool. That was all great. See, that's how quick it's supposed to be. I want to swear so badly at you. <laughs> that was hilarious. Come on. <laughs> You're mute. Who? I'll, I'll go then. Can you guys hear me? 
Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Right. It's Auntie Nana. Sorry. Huh? I didn't realize I was mute. It's Auntie Nana. Oh. Okay. Okay. Um. All right. So. Oh, so my sad. Um. On. Because my birthday was Saturday, so there was a bit of delay in me getting this news. But my one of my old school friends from like on the estate, proper long term friend, his son was stabbed on his way to school on Friday. Unfortunately, he died, and this was in West London. So that was just shocking that my other friends allowed me to celebrate my birthday, but then told me like first thing on Monday morning that yeah, he's his son had passed then it's just the saddest thing because he's just 15 years old and again this was like done by another 15 year old boy as well so it's just so many people's lives being affected by this murder so that was truly sad and obviously lots of tears um I was super mad at reading comments of the new film that's come out in the heights about um Washington Heights in um New York and I've stayed in Washington Heights and it's a very diverse space with lots of different types of looking Latinos, Afro-Latinos and lighter skinned Latinos. But in this production, it's all light skinned Latinos and the press run of people justifying why the main cast is all light just pissed me off. So following on from the colorism news. But overall, I've been super glad that I have come to the end of the Gemini birthday run. And though it was very, very expensive. I've had my birthday and all of the Evans house. No, apart from one, it's my niece's birthday tomorrow. And then we're done with the Gemini birthday run. So I'm super glad to have survived that in the sun. Okay, so my sad is also Grenfell, four years. Um, I, I can't believe it's been that amount of time already, to be honest. It feels just like yesterday, to be honest. Um, I've got two mads. One is about the football hooligans, I want to call them, booing the freaking, what do you call it, football team. I think it's bloody ridiculous, very angry, and then cheering for them when they score. It's just like they're so confused. Um, and then my other mad is freaking hay fever, man. <laughs> like, I had a sneezing fit yesterday, like, that lasted almost 10 minutes. It was just absolutely ridiculous. Oh, like, man. I was just. I couldn't, I was walking and I just couldn't walk anymore. I was literally just standing there sneezing, looking like a mad woman. And I'm just like, since we've got this global effort to find this vaccine, can we not get a global effort to, to solve hazelnuts? Because it's just enough now. And then my glad is they're the same sun. Um, I'm really, although I feel like we need more of a breeze, but like it's good to have like wake up to like, Sunny days, clear skies, all of that good stuff is definitely puts me in a much, much, much better mood. Sorry, I was just trying to find the page to show you like every spit. So it's gonna gross you out. Here. Can you see? Hang on, we're seeing it. Have you seen what I see? Have you seen it? No. Oh. Have you never seen it before? No. no. Really? It's in the bushes. You're going to notice it now. It's in all what, the... Why what the hell the is that? <laughs> I'm not looking no, at it. No. Is... Get it off the screen. Get it off the screen. I told you. I've never seen that in my life. What? Why are you in the bushes looking at that? No, my <laughs> God. 
Okay, you're being weird. Were you doing in the bushes? I just said I wasn't in the bushes. It's like walking past me because I was around a lot of greenery. Notice it from young. It's always been a thing. In the bushes. They're on the fucking bushes. When you're walking, don't you see bushes? No. You don't see them. Look at the hedgerows. Look at hedgerows then. Hedgerows. No. Notice when you're walking. No. <laughs> You're trying to tell me you don't walk down the street and see fucking. I live next to hedgerows. I've never seen that before. Yeah, that's fine. If you've never seen Cuckoo Street, fine. But you're talking like you've not seen a bush in the street. No, <laughs> I'm not saying I've never seen a bush. I've seen one every I'm day when I'm in the shower. Not really. But I'm going to. Oh my God. <laughs> Okay. We've been on a long time. I think we're just all getting delirious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I need to eat. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Sorry. Okay, thank you for educating us. But I, I probably will notice them now. I don't want to talk to you anymore. Get a fucking <laughs> Before we go, I have a we, We've got a few <laughs> sad, mad glads. Oh, yeah. go on. <laughs> okay, um, give me just a second. Um, right. So, Nicola says, sad for my hay hoover. Nothing mad, but I'm glad for the, the sunshine and heat in and on my body. Um, Mr. Tang says, my school bag was full of tobacco crumbs. <laughs> um, and also said, mad, I joined the gym a month ago and get to see inside of it. Oh, come on. Yeah. And also says, it's the laughter that followed the comment for me. Oh, I can't remember what comment that was. Yeah, when you got fucking... <laughs> <laughs> I need to compose myself once again. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm a professional. Nicholas that's is... That's why your screen's frozen. Am I frozen? Yeah. Yes. Oh, man. That's you. You're doing judging now. I am. That is pretty. You, you know that, isn't it? Well, you can still hear me, right? Okay. So... Uh, Mrs. Hang says, glad I'm on leave tomorrow, from tomorrow. Um, and then also says, yes, I'm sad to hear about Jalen. Um, and also says, happy belated birthday to Auntie Nana and all the Geminis, of which there are plenty. Um, Antoinette says, mad, I'm still waiting for HR to re regrade my post free after a restructure. Oh, wow. wow. The excuses are raising my blood pressure. Mate. Um, that four years on uh, on 72 people still have no justice after the Grenfell. Glad I got to see my bestie at the weekend and saw Natasha's uh, amazing living re renovation. Um, uh, the Instagram is until lemons are sweet. Um, we also stayed up drinking cocktails like we're young until daylight. Um, hashtag gold auntie gold. Love that. Um, and hi to Natasha. Um, Mrs. Hang says, get your doctor to prescribe Betsofine, maybe? Thank you, Leah. Okay, cool. I'll check that out. Um, Ronald says, glad that Donnell Fraser, who filmed um, George Floyd's murder, is getting a special hot surprise. Don't know if you already discussed it. No, didn't know that. Um, and Nicholas says it's good. It looks like a good pimple popper candidate, but I have seen them. Auntie, I was talking about the. Thank you, Nicola. Yeah, and I think that's um, 
that's everybody and one else is talking to themselves so that's between themselves <laughs> that's it thank you guys cool thank you am i back now by the way am i still frozen no you're still frozen oh, yeah. oh, I can yeah. see you. am i fro am i frozen in a like a weird pose or is yes. it like, you're not frozen really? for me oh, oh really oh. yeah it's i can see everything you're not frozen She's almost in that, you know, when the cat and the woman screaming at each other, you look, you're similar. Yeah. 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 That's exactly what it looks like. moving in my screen. Screen grab it and put it in the group. It looks like I'm moving. That's, That's so cool. weird. Oh, and Antoinette says, thank you, Auntie Shadow, for the sharing of the cheating playlist. I hope you liked, liked Antoinette. Tell me what your favourite song was, was or, or is. Because um, last week we was talking about cheating and um, I have a little I'm cheating or I cheated playlist. Or people who are actively cheating. Oh, did you see that um, Michelle came back and was like, who sent it? Did you who put it in the group? Auntie Charlotte? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> people were trying to cancel um, Kate for uh, Kate for using really? She went having a bar. Yeah, I saw so, that. It's, it's, it's not our fault you're catering to the wrong people, which is a no, She's right, though. She's, she's right. right. She's right. She's right, but That's still, right. the catering levels are a lot. <laughs> yeah, go on, Auntie Farrah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so my don't piss me off this week is to, uh, similarly to what you were talking about, Auntie Shade, like why can't they find a cure for hay fever with all the billions and millions and trillions that they're spending on cures and stuff? Right. My thing is, why can't they find a cure for tinnitus? Because mm -hmm. I'm telling you, I'm so mad because I spent like two weeks with this ear pounding and ringing. And now it sounds like I've got an alarm constantly going off in this ear. And it's a lot. Like I have to put on music to block it out. Like now, as I'm talking to you, I can hear it. It's like this. Imagine we're living with that noise permanently. There's got to be a cure for this. I'm tired of them saying there's nothing you can do. There's something you can do. Do it. That's my piece of Yeah. And that's it. Well, um, thank you for listening to Your Aunties Could Never and watching Your Aunties Could Never, episode 66. Don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe. Don't forget to leave a review when you listen to us on the podcast, on Apple, and on Spotify. We're on Instagram, we're on Twitter, and we're on Facebook. So get with us, get with us, follow us, and all that type of stuff. And don't forget to join us every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Yeah. Where did you get an ice pole from? My daughter just came home. <laughs> <laughs> it's the new round trees flavors. They're wicked. Watermelon. Mm -hmm. Oh, I want one now. I know. Melon. Okay, we are at two hours and fifty-two. Yeah, we, have and we, go. Go. we have to go. Bye, Bye. people. Bye. Bye. Bye.